Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. What is up? How are you guys doing out there? This is Dane Alves with another enticing episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance, a show if you're a new listener in which we talk about the latest and greatest in professional wrestling news, uh, provide you with reviews of shows from the past that we just you know watched and were excited about, and then previews for shows to come. Uh, we got a big preview this weekend. It's uh, one of AEW's Revolution, so we're going to be talking about that and some of the shows and well, you know some stuff about Brock Lesnar and and WWE Saudi Arabia and, and a whole bunch of a slew of stuff. But I could not do this show by myself. Uh, Chris, how are you doing? We got Christopher Brother Ray Patton, everyone. Come on, give him a give him a hand. <laughs> Yeah, you know, the worst part about you starting the show off the way you did is now I just have the Roland Urban remix, and I can only hear Method being like, when I let these nuts hang, focus is Wu-Tang. <laughs> Whatever reason. Uh, so that's going to be in my head for the rest of the show. But uh, doing good, buddy. It's uh, It has been a busy week as... This start time of the year, schools are starting to get in full, which for those who don't know, I work with school districts, et cetera, on financials and other things like that from a software standpoint. But uh, everyone's ramping up, you know, after Christmas and getting ready for the end of the year. And now they're looking at their numbers all the way back to the beginning of the year. So getting a little crazy and busy at work. But outside of that, everything's been good, man. How about you? What you been up to? What you watching? That kind of stuff. Well, I, I kind of hinted at it. I got caught up uh, on the six episodes of season three of Wu-Tang and American Saga. Uh, that's actually just yesterday and today. I literally watched pretty much all of it within. I, I had to. I was like, I completely forgot. I neglected it. So it was time for me to go through the journey. And very happy to say that season three has been just as much fun as season one and two. And um, I'm a big fan of this show and how they choose to direct the episodes. Like, I made a Facebook post that it's kind of like a superhero origin story, sort of, mixed with, like, elements that you would see with those badass, like, uh, rockumentaries, if you will, like the Jackson 5 miniseries and and the Temptations miniseries. It's just uh, very well done, very well acted. It's not 100% real, but then finding out, like, you know, some of the stuff really is, like, uh, and they just kind of embellish upon it, and RZA is a genius, and, uh, yeah, dude, Wu-Tang. Um, I don't know, that whole episode with fucking, I don't know if you got a chance to, to watch it, but the Dirt McGirt episode, I think, was my favorite. I'll probably do a lot like you and watch this all in one sitting. I might do that tonight or tomorrow. It's not like anything crazy is happening today. Like, you know, the return of a UFC legend or anything. <laughs> so maybe I'll watch Wu-Tang tonight. 
But uh, as far as like stuff I've been watching, I've, I've been watching. A, there's a YouTuber out there, and I give him a shout out as a content creator, uh, Defunct Land, and they talk about just crazy things from the past. Shut down amusement park rides from Universal and Disney. Um, he talks about like the Disney line queue system and how that was developed. If you're into like theme parks or amusement parks, I would check that stuff out. Lots of wrestling and uh, the Devils. Been watching the Devils a lot. Uh, if you're a hockey fan or an NHL fan, this week was the build-up to the trade deadline yesterday at 3 o'clock, so there was lots of news flying around that, and I'm trying to keep a head above water with NHL because the uh, Skates Throats podcast will be starting up at the beginning of the playoffs because uh, me and my co-host team, me and uh, Keegan's favorite teams me being a devils fan him being a rangers fan they're probably going to go head to head in the first round so we figured it'd be a good time to relaunch after a hiatus but yeah that's pretty much been my week i was on tom clark's main event 300th episode if anyone wants to check that out that's out there it's in the ether facebook spotify all that that good stuff we've talked about uh revolution a little bit but just mostly kind of talked about our favorite memories in wrestling and it was more of a laid back type type deal not straight review show kind of thing i gotcha well i'm sure it was a uh, damn good content and uh yeah man uh, i'm sure your your hockey fans unfortunately I, i'm not really the biggest fan of hockey but i'm sure the fans escape the uh, skate throats are going to be excited about you guys coming back out with another episode um yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of like stuff else that I watched. I, I guess that this has been like a smaller what have you watched uh, portion of the show that we've done. Um, I I was telling you I, I watched the Jake the Snake uh, documentary, very well done. If you want a really good grasp on his whole entire career, really, uh, and I mean you're gonna similar beats to stuff that you've seen, and a lot of it being unfortunate ones with. You know, just his struggles, and even though DDP gets him out of where he was, they go over a lot of that, and obviously what everyone saw in um, Beyond the Mat, uh, they go over a lot of that era of, of stuff. But then you get to see a lot of the matches, a lot of his first big rivalries with, with uh, people, and his the, the program with uh, Rick Martel, and they really go into the one with Randy Savage. And I mean, it's a lot of stuff that people have seen, but it's a very good in-depth uh, view, especially if you want to learn more about his early career and just how he kind of struggled to find who he was as a character and stuff and, and until he kind of started acting himself a bit. So the sinisterness, I mean, there's so many wrestlers that give me uh, a vibe of the Jake the Snake Roberts, or you can just tell that. They might have been inspired by him, um, whether it be like an Eric Young or a Tommaso Ciampa, Randy Orton. Uh, there's just a reflection of that anti-hero, the smiling while just have after just destroying the person or, or hurting them, you know, tucked in the corner um, before Raven was doing it. But uh, just really good stuff. Uh, I definitely recommend it. I also like the NWO one too, so I've been enjoying the rivals and also the uh, the legends. They're going to be WWEized, if you will, uh, but you know, it's good television. 
Yeah, when you when you say that about Jake, we've kind of wanted to see more of that from some of these wrestlers that have darker heel characters. And and I think, you know, in the modern era, the person that's done it best, you, you kind of threw it out there is Randy Orton. Right. Uh, he kind of just he can do that straight. It's it's more facial expressions. And, and a lot of it is just how you build and carry a match. But uh Jake, the snake is one, one of the best at it. I mean, him and Terry Funk, Terry Funk's kind of the same way where he can be super menacing and even be the, oh. I'm be the, I'm getting my ass kicked uh, <laughs> and, and, and really worried. Like Jake was great at facial expressions and, and a good in-ring hand for that time period, especially for WWE. The thing that's always baffled me that doesn't get talked about more is the Jake, Jake the Snake as a full-on character. That was a Vince creation. And, you know, he gets a lot of love for Taker, but, you know, Jake the Snake and the the uh, everything, like he gave Jake a gimmick, right? And, and, he, and Jake ran with it. Um, no one ever talks about that when they talk about like gimmicks that Vince created or helped create. It's always either Taker or Kane that they kind of go into detail about. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, it's different actually, but because Jake was, I think more successful when it comes to fans seeing him in the territory system, but like how Ted DiBiase, you know, they gave him a reason to be the, uh, as, as good of a villain with the million dollar man, Jake, the snake Roberts, showed that anti-hero side to him beforehand and i think he had segments or at least one segment that was from the past where he was with the snake i believe in florida championship wrestling uh but that was it vince came up with really going deep into that and making an aura and saying like he says he's like he's like he told me that i was going to be going in very very like you know colorful tights bright greens bright pinks and and whatnot so I was like, uh, and then he told me that I got to carry or I got to wear snakeskin boots. And he's like, you know, where the hell is he going with this? And then I have to, you know, come out with a friggin' giant python. And Jake was all like, you know, he's terrified of snakes. He, he has admitted that um, Jake's all like overwhelmed. And then he told him how much he was going to pay him. And he's like, I'm Jake the Snake Roberts. And I honestly, I know he's probably embellishing that story, but I'm pretty sure that's probably how it went. Uh, somewhat it was like you know ter- like what am i wearing why and I-, I have to have a fucking snake are you kidding me oh wait you'll pay me that much never mind i'll do it yeah i mean, dance for you vince was paying people so much money to pull them from the territory system to try to kill that off and get all the tv deals done and stuff that i mean i probably would have done the same thing if i was jake but it yay it worked out like that's the jake the snake people remember not the territory system jake working in Polynesian pro and mid South or wherever the hell he was before Florida. Um, not taking anything away from his work there, but it's definitely the character Jake, the snake go went, went a long way, but it does have a lot to do with how he portrayed that character. It's just funny. It never gets kind of brought up when people talk about Vince's famous gimmick creations. Because it's usually negative when you talk about Vince, uh, like he is speaking of beyond the <laughs> beyond the mat. The, he's got a, he's got a, that's more of what people, he's got talk. <laughs> that's more of what people talk about with, uh, with Vince, but you know, they give him credit for Kane and uh, Taker. And I, I would, if I'm Vince, I would also want to talk about Jake the snake because 
there is something about him having the the kind of flamboyant, almost Sting-esque gear <laughs> to some extent, but then being so kind of crazy and cultish and demonic with the snake. And um, later they would kind of try to revisit that with uh, who Bray kind of drew inspiration from with his character. Uh, wait, was it Wayland Mercy? Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, it would have been really easy to do that with Jake and make him a crazy snake preacher type guy. <laughs> there, there's fine lines, so I'm going to give a lot of credit to Jake. But yeah, we watched, We were watching SmackDown last night, and the wife uh, was watching it with me, and she doesn't watch every week. Uh, she tunes in, but she's excited about the A&E documentaries because I think she actually likes the... the <laughs> the history and the way that WWE puts those together as a production more than watching a full, full ass wrestling episode of SmackDown raw or AEW. So I'm going to end up watching these after I, uh, last week I was like, I don't know if I'm going to watch these because a lot of it's WWE revisionist history. <laughs> I think was mm-hmm. my quote, but I'm going to end up watching these fucking things, Dane, apparently. So maybe we will have more discussions here in the near future. Yeah, they're pretty good. You can trust me. Trust me. Trust me. Get it? Because that's Jake the Snake Roberts. Anyways, um, what the fuck was I going to say? I had somewhere to go, but I completely fucked myself up trying to put myself over with a Jake the Snake Roberts reference. Ah, <laughs> shit happens. To be fair, I did ramble for like 10 minutes, so my bad, homie. No, 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 no man. You're good. Um. Well, I will say you brought up Ray Wyatt, and it's kind of funny. This is a separate conversation, really. But I remember I think it was Raj Geary was talking about this, and I've heard Brian Last say something similar. That and Bray's someone, and Jaden Snake Roberts is very open on his podcast. You know, he does one with DDP. He talks to a lot of these guys. Like he was a fan of, like coincidentally, Tommaso Ciampa actually presented him, kind of helping him come onto the main roster. Uh, you know, building him as a manager. And then I'm assuming Ciampa would have taken him out, but that never went through. And let's be honest with you, he's like twice the size of Ciampa, so that would have been a little bit jarring um, if that is true. But, uh, you know, other wrestlers, Bray Wyatt, he talks to him over the phone. He's also a big fan of Malachi Black, and, you know, he works with Lance Archer. Uh, But... What was it? Bray Wyatt. God, if he would just cut the shit like the fiend was awesome at first and it had no lasting because of a lot of bad booking and a lot of things collectively. It could have been great. But if he were to just cut that out and be more realistic and take it as and I've I've heard Jake not say this exactly, but as recently kind of go more into like a realist type of way about it. I don't know if someone's got insulted your wife or something, you know, Jojo to like get him off. But like, obviously this whole entire thing's not working. And this kind of blends into our first talking point about Brock Lesnar, not wanting to work with him, Chris. Um, We've, we've talked about the back and forth sprays, got his stuff that he's, that's very positive. He's a very creative guy. He knows scary and spooky. Sometimes it's understood. And sometimes we've seen him, with a good idea with power kind of taking, you know, taking it and putting it their way, you know, when Vince was in charge. And now it seems like he's got a lot of creativity and we're not getting that much at all. And to the point where one of your big stars makes an audible 
and might be done, uh, you know, after WrestleMania, at least for a while, I'm assuming, uh, because he was suggested to be presented with Bray Wyatt. And now we have to watch Bobby Lashley go through it. So we've heard Seth in the past, Chris, talk about how, you know, when you when you have a like look at Randy Orton for a little while, um, when you have a feud with Bray Wyatt, you usually don't come out good at the end of it. Uh, you know, that was out of his mouth. Um, it's not that Bray's not creative. It's not that he's not a good promo. It's just like we never see really that like we haven't seen. The best matches he had was when they were doing the wars with the shield and it was like three on three and stuff like that. So it's like he's mediocre in the ring. You know, it takes way too long. It seems to flush stuff out. It, it, there's a lot of stuff. I, I, I feel like I, I know that I'm rambling and I apologize. And this is kind of a two parter. I just feel like that if he were to take it more realistic and just be a dark character instead of trying to do whatever the fuck with his brother, obviously, uh, that it would be better. And, you know, then we'll talk about the Brock Lesnar stuff afterwards. What, how do you feel about that? Because obviously I think I've been more positive about Bray admittedly than you have. And you've, you have good reason. And it just seems like this could go on for a while, but there seems like there could be stuff for him to do. I don't know. It's just, it's a weird, it's a weird concept. Is he, is he a waste of time basically in your opinion? I mean, for where he's positioned on the card, I think he's a waste of time. If you're, just, I mean, there are cats out there that just want to buy the merch, and you're selling merch or whatever. But the the end of the day, if you're trying to draw viewers to your product, and you have like fucking these stupid lighting gimmicks and everything else that surrounds him, that's just really, to me, cheesy horror. And some of that is they can only do so much being a PG PG thirteen show. Versus like AEW, where I think he could get a little darker. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think for me, he's a waste of time. I think there, I would, there's other stars I would rather see than Bray Wyatt personally. But it's it's mostly just because of what they've done with the Fiend and the Funhouse, and and like you said, anyone who gets into a feud with him has not came out the other side looking good. You know, it always leads to some kind of dumbass thing. Like he's got a giant fucking hammer and a hell in a cell against Seth and Seth's pissing himself ends in a, a DQ finish. Like <laughs> it's that kind of stuff. And this almost even goes back further for me because think about his feud with Randy Orton, get fucking cockroaches on the ring. And like we we've kind of talked and alluded about it. He seems like a very creative person. Um. And maybe he has maybe too much creative control of what his his character's doing because the fact that he is a good promo and the crowd does react to him. But if you look at other gimmicks that Triple H has handled that are dark characters, say like a Aleister Black or a Sanity or even even something like Authors of Pain, a little like a smaller note, he's done a much better job of booking that. So when Bray came back and cut like an honest promo. I was like, okay, that's cool. Make him go, like, give him the build of making him become the demon, so to speak, like what they would do with Finn Balor in NXT. And that seemed like that's where they were going to go. And then fucking now we got Brother Howdy and whatever the fuck they're going to have Alexa Bliss doing. And like I texted you last night when I was watching SmackDown, I was like, Bobby came out and cut a real ass promo. Like, I ain't scared of him. 
And I was like, it would have been awesome if Bray Wyatt just came out as Bray Wyatt, not the gimmick, not the fiend, just as a person and stood in the ring with him to let him know, like, hey, I'm serious about this as well kind of thing. And then they just kiboshed all of it and moved uh, moved past. But what we got instead is, like, we definitely know it's Bo Dallas because he (laughs) talked. (laughs) And now we all believe. And it's like Uncle Howdy and all this bullshit. And it sucks. For Bobby, Bobby must be a much nicer guy than Brock Lesnar because getting into the Brock Lesnar stuff, I don't blame Brock Lesnar one bit for not wanting a single fucking part of Bray Wyatt because there's no way he's going to look good. If he if he kills the fiend, which wouldn't happen, right? Um, that like fans are going to get mad about that. If he loses to the fiend, fans are going to get mad about that. It doesn't advance any storylines at all. It would just be a match to have a match. So from a wrestling standpoint, if you're Brock Lesnar and you have that kind of creative control, and I even said this last week before all these rumors came out, like I'd be like, fuck no, I don't want to do that. Even though it would be hilarious seeing cowboy Brock have interactions with all these people uh, just from a comedy standpoint. But, you know, Brock protecting his own career a little bit is like, no, fuck. Like, if Bray beats Brock, does it actually put, does that put Bray in a better position? Really? No. No, I mean, on a lesser scale, but it's similar to, like, people, you know, when Brock beat Undertaker, like, well, it's Brock, so how the fuck does that help things out? Like, you know, Bray's already established, so, you know, I don't know. I, I, I... It's weird. Like 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 you said, if he came out and he was this real just dark person and kind of like just you know, it was more personality trait, very similar to one of his mentors, like we're talking about with Jake the Snake Roberts, and approached it like that, which has been suggested by Jake Roberts himself. Um I think that him interacting with Bobby Lashley or Brock Lesnar is more feasible. Like you said, him coming out Last night and just getting in Bobby Lashley's face and being like, you should run. Like, honestly, like, I'm going to take you to places. Like, I'm going to, you know, just really deep into them. And then, yeah, if if they decide to, if not The Fiend, whatever newer version, you know, he kind of goes into a different mode or something like that. Do elements like that. But bringing back The Funhouse, Alexa Bliss, I now I'm starting to think this is not going to be like uh, Undertaker and Kane. This is with Bo Dallas, you know, ah, I don't know, man. There was potential for this, and and now a lot of people were saying uh, in that that thing where I forgot what the hell the they were saying in, in the the funhouse thing. They were saying over and over again, you know, different people. Someone said it sounded like Eric Young was one of those people. I hope that Sanity is not positioned with this because if they're bringing that back, I'd rather them buy them fucking selves, honestly. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't need I don't need horror movie NWO. Like Bray Wyatt could just be a good sinister person by himself, is what I'm saying. Uh, you know, I don't even really need sanity. I would take violent by design. But <laughs> honestly, as far as a gimmick goes, uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I just I, I'm very negative on the Bray stuff. Look, I know there's Bray, and I have dressed as Bray as Halloween, and I respect the character portion of bray well more of the older version of the wyatt family i guess but you know it's been almost 10 years of this and the guy doesn't have good matches and outside of doing the raven promo 
at some point I need meat on the bone and I definitely don't need all this goofy shit that I hate about WWE. Um, I want him to be less Rob Zombie and more like John Carpenter is what I'm getting at. <laughs> you know, no, like if you completely understand that, like, is he scarier than John Moxley? <laughs> you know what I mean, even with all of the, all of the mis- the mysticism around it, aren't you more scared of a guy that's just legit fucking crazy badass, you know, like a brawler, like a Terry funk, like that guy's not all there. Um, and, and I think you did set it up perfectly. The way to snap him out of that is to kind of go after his family, especially now that he's doing these like photos for WWE on Twitter and stuff. Like do the Samoa Joe, AJ Styles thing, right? They got to find the heel to do that. And maybe it's set. Maybe it is Seth. Uh, that would do something like that, but he's babyface right now. So that—that's the thing—is like, what character would do that? I don't know, man. Maybe I don't know. I'm sure there is a way to get that type of. Well, I mean, now now I'm thinking Tommaso Ciampa again. He's popped back in my head. Um, but they gotta they gotta do a lot to establish him when he comes back. Now that Triple H isn't you know in charge and he's back from a long injury. But Eric Young's another guy because we were just talking about him. I don't know. The the thing that the problem with Bray Wyatt is he came back in from being gone for a long time. So he's going to get an immediate pop anyway, similar to Cody. And he cuts that great promo. How do you fuck up his booking past that? And to me, that doesn't seem necessarily like a WWE. Let's retread this thing as much as like he had some creative control over whatever he's going to be involved in type deal. And if, if, Chris, if he, I was just going to say like he, he had restraints beforehand and that was the excuse, including by me. And there is probably a lot to it because he's admitted it when Vince was in charge and took the fiend in the direction that Vince wanted it to go in. Um, but now it seems like he's got way more. And I think you'll agree with me. It's also not a good result. So, I don't know. Uh, maybe, the f- it, really it is, it just comes down to, to me, cut the mystic shit. Just get rid of it. Try to bring yeah. it in maybe later or some shit. I mean, it just doesn't really, it doesn't work. In the way that he's trying to do it, it doesn't work in modern wrestling. And I, I, I said the same thing that last night I brought up Brian Danielson when he was feuding with him, which is probably his best match I've seen in years. That uh, dog collar match between Brian Danielson was Brian Danielson's yep. like, you're still just fucking Bray Wyatt in a mask, homie. <laughs> like, that's the that's the thing. It's it was scarier when he was a cult leader because he had like Eric Rowan um, and uh, uh, Brody like as his backup. Like that's kind of scary. He's convinced these two juggernaut of men to be on his on his side, and and you know he could manipulate other people. Like that was actually scarier than the fiend thing. Like the like a monster type deal, like a cane or whatever, uh, doesn't work in modern wrestling. And if it does, it would have to be someone like fucking Brock Lesnar that looks like an absolute monster for real, right? And it it just and then they throw the colored lighting on top of it and like uh the muscle man dance shit the fuck was that i hate all of this <laughs> like i can't uh. i i liked lashley's promo on smackdown 
You know, I, th- I thought that was a good response to it all being like, I don't give a fuck about the muscle man dance, <laughs> like just played it off as a joke. And that's why I was like, it would have like if Bray Wyatt would have just came up and like chest bumped him or something as Bray Wyatt, the wrestler, the professional wrestler, not as a as a whatever gimmick he's doing this week. Uh, that would have been a good setup to a match, but now nah, we got fucking now we got Uncle Howdy and poor Bobby Lashley. He's gonna have to deal with these, and you know the best thing that WWE could do if I was booking it, if I came in, if they hired me tomorrow, like say Saudi buys it, and they're like Chris Madden, what would you do to fix this? I was like, I'll have Bobby Lashley kill this entire fucking gimmick, like <laughs> I'd have him kill I'd Bray, ask for an island. kill Howdy, kill Alexa. <laughs> To the point where they have to take like six months off and come back as something completely different because I do not I don't I don't want to see any of that shit on my TV screen. There's better things they could be doing. Yeah, no, I agree, man. It's uh, it is what it is, but you know, kind of rounding out that um, I don't know. Now that we've seen the creative direction. We have until Mania. We've had to switch the course with now Bobby. Let's see what happens, but I don't have a lot of hope within it. Now, the question is, though, the the more important thing, going back to Brock Lesnar, you know, he was was telling people, uh, and and he had, I thought, a pretty good fucking promo against, um, man, uh, he was in the lounge. Uh, Fuck, MVP. Damn. Uh, he had a pretty good back and forth, but apparently that night he was kind of saying his goodbyes to some people. And it looks like from what it makes it sound like after Mania, he's taking a break, but Brock's made it sound like it might be indefinitely. I, you know, money will always rise the beast. I will say that. And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with frustration. We've had, you know, he wanted Austin, apparently, um, Austin turned it down. Understandable from what it sounds like. It's more that Austin didn't want to have Brock limit himself due to, you know, his neck and a lot of stuff that Brock does, you know, involves dropping people like on their back, lower back. You know, he can't really do that. So then it was offered for Roman Reigns against Austin when The Rock uh, went through and he turned that down as well. Uh, Gunther was another person we kind of talked about this last week. Um, Brock liked the idea of him and Gunther, but didn't want the IC title involved um, for whatever reason. Um, and they didn't want him to drop the belt to someone because they've been building up as this IC champion for a while. So then Bray was in it. He turned that down. And now it's almost. And apparently there's still a backup option as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm sure that you've heard. Dave talk about this and shit. Uh, This is a lot of fucking craziness. But regardless, this might be Brock's last WrestleMania, potentially. And he's going against Omas. How the hell did we get here? I mean, I feel like they threw so many options at Brock. He finally just picked the guy he was going to (laughs) beat. You know? Without being involved in a weird storyline, I think, you know, him going against Gunther, the expectation would be like either Brock wins and and wins the IC title. See, that's the part I don't understand, because if he, he, you know, he could put that could put him over and it wouldn't hurt Brock at all. So I wonder if those conversations were even had 
really. I know that that's the the rumor mill out there, but it, it to me, I think the original plan was like him versus Austin. And what you said makes a ton of sense. Like Austin can't have a good match with Brock, and I don't think that he could have a good match with with Roman either. You know, really for just their move set and and stuff. Like Kevin Owens is kind of, was kind of the perfect person to do that as a brawler who's going to bump all over the place. Like Sammy would be another good person you could have a match with. Um, any of the Usos, Kofi, like something like that where Stone Cold's not going to be taking a bunch of big man type bumps, even though he did take that fucking back suplex on the floor <laughs> with Kevin Owens. He at least got one in, but yeah, I mean, like I don't, I wouldn't necessarily want to see that match anyways. I think it, as a spectacle, it would be cool, but. I'm fine with Austin riding off in the, on his four wheeler into the sunset after the KO match, honestly. And I don't know what else they had planned for. I, maybe they would have done Brock and Cody if they could have gotten the rock. Like there's, that's the other thing. It's like the, what they were going to do in the main event changed, which shifts everything else down. But I just, I don't understand why they don't, just do Bobby versus Brock and a legit match at Mania because that'll be a better match than anything else they have involved. I know they have two nights, but hell, have them fight each other, you know, <laughs> to, like do a setup match on SmackDown or whatever, do a best of three, put over whoever you want to put over and, and move on forward. My thing is like, is Brock going to go do one of these celebrity fight type deals that you see like Logan Paul and Jake Paul being involved with? Is he going to go fight one of the Paul brothers, like legit or something? Like, it, mm. is, there, is there a reason why he wants to step away? Um, out, it, unless it's Vince told him I'm selling the company and he only really wants to deal and work with Vince, as we've heard in the past. So basically 2024, expect to see on one of these spectacle uh, Brock Lesnar in a boxing match against Mike Tyson. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that type of shit can happen now with this. That's the crazy part. But, um, yeah, man, um, I don't know. I, I could see him taking a break. You know, the, Saudi Arabia has a pay-per-view in a couple months. I could see him possibly coming back for that. But if you saying kind of his goodbyes and whatnot, um, I just wish, like you said, I wish that it was Bobby Lashley and him. Um, I wish that we were just getting the last match. Fucking have Omos and MVP go against Bray Bray Wyatt and everyone else and, and Uncle Howdy and shit, you know, uh, do something with that. But like we should have gotten the rubber match. We never did. We got one of them winning a match and then Brock screwed himself over by kicking Bobby in the nuts and Bobby eliminating him from the Royal Rumble. So Bobby had the up, but we never really had, Chris, the rubber match to their feud. And they had two good singles matches. It kind of sucks that that couldn't just be the fucking Mania match. Yeah, and I mean, maybe that's the swerve because I kind of pitched that on last week's episode is maybe they just get involved in each other's matches and that sets up on the se second night. You actually do get Bobby versus Brock. That would um, be awesome. Which that would be how I – with the way they position it now, if I had to try to book myself out of it, that would be what I would do because I don't think anyone gives a single fuck about either of those matches. No. You're, you're taking basically two guys that we like and putting them against someone that, you know, we just are not invested in, uh, in, on, in all honesty, with Bray and, and Omos. I mean, it's going to be – if, if you, 
It's this the match is going to be short, but if you get to see Brock Lesnar F five Omos, that's going to be fucking cool. But that's it. That's all we get. We could have actually, I don't know. I mean, as a spectacle, that's a that's a pretty big deal, right? Like Brock versus Omos, two huge giants. That that is a WrestleMania type match. It is, and and that's fine. I think there's room for that, but it. it there's also room for the spectacle that is Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. You have Paul Paul Heyman coach him up to do one of Brock's famous like this is an eight minute match, but it's all fast paced and awesome type matches. Yeah, like with Goldberg and shit. Yeah, like with Goldberg or even his matches with Roman, etc. Like, there, that's more exciting. It's cool as a spectacle. I mean, if Brock just goes in and just. Completely decimates. The thing is, is like almost. I can't remember the last time I saw him on TV. Honestly, I want to say it was the Rumble until they brought him up last time for this. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. And you know, me and you both were more positive than most of the wrestling community on the guy, just because like you got to give him matches, right? Like, yeah, and I, I I still don't dislike him. I think he's compared to like the great Kali. That that's that's who I'm comparing because they're both like six four six or seven four seven five, uh, and can't do a lot because of that. He's got a lot more facial expressions, attitude. I think he's better. He knows he's a dominant giant, uh, but at the same time, it's like you're giving him Brock Lesnar. Like what? But yeah. You know, you need well, to I mean, get what they're doing reps. is they're, yeah, what they're doing is giving them a fucking hard L, L <laughs> after not being on TV <laughs> for a long period of time. So it doesn't help him at all. Right. That's is there any universe where where Brock maybe because of MVP or whatever, but like Brock loses to Omos. Bobby to set up a match the next day. Like, that's the only way I see that happening. Is is if they're gonna do a, a two days in a row thing with Brock? It's just and you know the part that sucks about this is Brock has finally found a wrestling character that's entertaining to watch, but they have nothing for him it's to good. do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like this cowboy Brock has been inter- like since that like feud with Roman has been so entertaining and and a different version of Brock Lesnar we never got to see. If you're WWE and this guy is really going to be done, right? And I said this even back when he was a free agent last time, there is a worry that like AEW could sign Brock Lesnar. He could go have good matches with Brian Danielson and Omega and MJF and just run, run the gauntlet building up to him and Joe or something or him and Wardlow or him. And, and maybe that's, maybe that's where it's headed. I don't know, but it's just it from WWE. Or him and Darby teams. Allen. <laughs> that's like a you know. <laughs> that's like Actually she wants to see a dead body. <laughs> Guys want to see a dead body. That's like what would happen in that match. Oh, Lord. Actually, yeah. no, it can't be worse than what Joe did to him. Honestly, I feel like Brock would be a little safer with him than Joe. <laughs> Do you think that Joe likes? All right, all right. So we work this out. You're going to beat me the first time because you start off and just completely take me out of, you know, off guard and just that's how we ramp it up. But then I'm going to kill you and take back that title 
a couple, like a month and a half later, <laughs> I am going to absolutely obliterate you in both matches, but especially when I get the belt back uh, in a month and a half. They, they yeah. only put it on them because they were in Seattle. Like, uh, whatever. I, Cheap I pops. Have, I have no idea. But yeah, like well, uh, there, there's just so much more they could have done with. Like, I can find something to do with Brock. I mean, look, if you if you want, no, that's not gonna work out. I was gonna say, fucking have the NXT champion Braun Breaker go against him for the fuck of it. Get him big exposure. He'll lose the Brock, but have him actually have a competitive match. Don't put the don't put the title on the line because obviously Brock doesn't want lower titles in the uh, the WWE. Uh, title itself, but I don't know. Or so we heard through rumor, right? <laughs> like, I I still don't believe, I, I think that, I feel like Brock would want that match against Gunther, honestly. Because he, they just beat the shit out of each other, and every match Gunther's in with a big guy, he has a good fucking match. I don't know, I'm, I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure Dave was the one reporting this. So I don't know. But Gunther was the option for a while, and I'm pretty sure that they said that was because the IC belt was involved. That's the reason why Brock didn't want to be involved with it, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm just going to call bullshit on Dave on that one. That I mean, Brock wins the IC belt. What does it matter? Like, it'll just be, I don't know. You know the, re, the, the, the rematch will be him versus Gunther, and he can just drop it back. Like, I don't. I don't think that devalues him because that's a big that would be a big marquee match. And uh, Brock is smarter than people give him credit for when it comes to stuff like that. Smart enough oh, to be like I business. Yeah, it's smart enough to be like, I ain't doing that Bray Wyatt shit. <laughs> so if we're going to put it in the scope of wrestling, I think it would be fine with uh, winning the IC belt. Yeah. That would have made the IC belt look pretty fucking huge if you got Brock Lesnar and Gunther going for it. That would have been kind of awesome if that, you know, could have worked out. But, um, all right. So, Chris, uh, so I don't know. In a year, between between the sporadic, I have no clue what the fuck's going on, uh, booking styles with Tony Khan, and now what we're about to go over, the fact is it looks like we're down to two possible people that would buy it for this much money because they have it. Um, looks like Comcast and Endeavor are out. I don't know about 100% with Disney through ESPN. Uh, I know that they could still afford it, but the $9 billion apparent value that's not valued really for that much, uh, that is WWE, you know. Um, the only two really, if it's true, and here's the thing, they brought it up on C-SPAN, I believe. Uh, Nick Khan was on one of those shows, and they said something about Comcast and CBS, like that whole entire entity was out of the race. And he said, no, not necessarily, or not true, or whatever. So I don't know. I, I'm not a fucking business insider, and neither is Chris. So, you know, this is just stuff that we're hearing it sounds like the only two people that if they want to really spend that money or negotiate around $9 billion that would do it are the Saudis or Mr. Shad Khan through his son, Tony Khan. <laughs> now, 
One's definitely not going to fucking happen. So we got to hope in this whole entire race that it isn't bullshit that there isn't other people still, you know, interested, whether it be Disney, uh, who honestly hemorrhaged a lot of fucking memberships as of recently. So have lost a lot of money with their streaming platform Uh, or someone like a CBS Universal Comcast uh, endeavors apparently completely out. A lot of the other guys are completely out uh, all running, you know, for this. Uh, So I don't know, Chris, we're not, we're not business people, I would say, at least myself. Uh, But with the options being Saudi Arabia, and if there's a, if that were to happen, you know, they're the ones sending it out to the different programs. Not like they have their own fucking channel or something. They're the ones negotiating. Vince could be back in charge. Uh, really, lose-lose situation. A year from now, I don't know if we're going to be watching wrestling anymore. I hate to say that, but I'm just fucking saying. Well, at least watching the WWE that we know and love, right? Like, the two options is Saudi buys it, becomes a weird propaganda thing that they use, and the entire company changes and Vince is back in charge or whatever to put out the kind of shows that we've seen uh, from Royal Jewels and whatever whatever the hell those shows are called, uh, version of WWE. Royal Jewels? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that what that? Oh, never mind. That was that Gene Simmons show, right? <laughs> Royal Jewels, I think, of someone's testicles, but yeah, I think that was like. Uh, didn't Gene Simmons have a reality show that was called that? I'm, I'm, so, fu- I'm sure he fucking did. Ego man. <laughs> but uh, so that that's okay. So option one is it gets bought, right? And then option two is Tony Khan and his father purchased the company, which means they would be taking on as much debt as anyone else in the United, which is the huge reason why they're having a hard time selling the company is that there's a huge amount of inflation and getting a loan. You're going to get a very high because you're not going to buy this thing straight out. It would be through a rotating interest loan. And then you have to make your money back over time. And like I said, with, with, if you look at what WWE makes a year, it's like $1.2, $1.5 billion a year based on their current TV contracts uh, and their current deal that's put in place with Saudi. It it would take you <laughs> it would take you six years of investment if nothing changes and everything stays exactly the same to make your money back. So that the number that was thrown out there for what they're asking for, I think, is like kind of a bluff number. And I'm still on the I'm still on the uh, I don't think Vince actually wants to sell this. And this was a way for him to position himself back into the company. Because um, they <laughs> yeah. I gotcha. He's been teasing that he was going to sell this company for a long period of time. And they even made moves where it seemed like they were going to sell the company. But why would he sell it now? It's hot. Right. Like WWE is actually hot again, like in 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 a way that it hasn't been a long time, in a way that SmackDown is the highest rating thing above like NBA games on Fridays. Like there's no reason for him to sell it. (laughs) All his revenue is up headed into mania. So if he just lets Triple H book the thing, it'll probably stay there, which he could have done years ago, which is baffling. But yeah, I just, you know, Endeavor Endeavor was the only company I actually thought that would maybe make that move because they're already on like a rotating interest loan for buying UFC and they've made tons of money off that. But the crazy thing about that is that they've cut like fighters pay. They've done a bunch of weird stuff to make more money on that. 
which is kind of shady. But well, apparently, uh, yeah. uh, specifically to that, uh, they were doing really well with UFC, but as of recently, they have declined a lot as well. So that might have been part of the reason they were saying for them backing out. Um, we'll but, see. Uh, John Jones is fighting tonight, so. Yeah, well, that that's the thing. It's like John Jones is John Jones, and I can't wait for that match. And um, I just hope that John Jones doesn't win, and then all of a sudden we don't see him for two months afterwards or some shit. Yeah, maybe uh, this is uh, the this is the pay per view that convinces them to buy WWE. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, yeah, I have a feeling that this is gonna do like if it's like ninety dollars a, a purchase, they do a million <laughs> people watching this thing. All of a sudden, you're like, "Hey, I don't know. Maybe we, <laughs> maybe we do buy WWE." It's just kind of funny that all those conversations happen right before, like, what is going to be the biggest UFC fight this year, without a doubt. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's a lot of it's a lot of rich people doing rich people ass shit, Dane. So I don't. It's a it's lot below of, my pay grade. Yeah, it's. Uh, I I still don't think Vince Our actually buzz. wanted to sell. I don't think Vince actually wanted wants to sell. I think he just wants to be in charge, right? That's the. And right now he's in charge. He's not in charge of creative and booking, but he's still <laughs> head of the fucking table. He's he's the Roman Reigns in the board board of directors right now. Yeah, I mean, or you could even come in and be like, all right, so we we got this problem on her. Well, yeah, Vince, we're trying to figure out what we're doing with Brock. All right, shut up. We're going to have him go against the giant Omas at WrestleMania. God damn it. <laughs> and then Triple H just walks out and it's like, all right, well, that's what's happening. You know, I don't know. I could be wrong about that situation, but I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it's it. I you can't even blame. Like when that match happened and we talked about it last week when they were setting it up or whatever, I was like, well, I mean, it's like. This is why it happened. That, I feel like that has more to do with Brock. Everyone was like, oh, Vince is back booking again. And I was like, I mean, if Brock went through the three or four options to get to there, <laughs> then maybe they did have to go to Vince and be like, I don't know, talk to Brock, find him something to do. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. can't even. That's just one of those things. That's like, you know, dealing with Hogan and WCW to some extent. Uh, well, what will he do <laughs> is more of the. Uh, or what I think happened in that situation. But yeah, like Vince, Vince is going to be Vince, right? So as far as it getting sold, I, I do know if it gets sold to Saudi. Vince going to Vince. Yeah, Vince going to Vince. <laughs> impact going impact. McMahon going uh, McMahon. I don't know that I will, can, I don't know that I will continue support of it with Saudi because if they buy it because it's going to be used as a propaganda tool and I'm not directly behind that. Yeah. Uh, I would like to believe I'm as noble as you, but entertainment's entertainment. We're worried about the booking situation. If Saudi Arabia was involved, going right back to fucking Vince uh, because, um, but I, I guess I'll just leave it at this, and, and you know, I, I respect you for saying that. I do. I, there's a lot of stuff in my life that comes from stuff that's really fucked up that, you know, cell phones just by themselves. Um, 
if it's a good product, I'll still, like with the propaganda, what are we talking about? Are they going to do commercials for right on the fucking Fox and shit? Um, well, I mean, you you saw what they do on on the pay per views, like the okay. way the way come, they come try. to <laughs> the like way their travel they, guide. No, look, women can drive now. <laughs> you know, like that uh, kind of shit, where they try I, to position. It. It, it, it's it will give them a very broad audience to some of some a lot of things that I don't agree with. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Without getting what too did... political, and my wife grew up there, so I guess I, I have a little bit more hatred towards some of that culture than a lot of other people would. I don't even want to say hatred; maybe misunderstandings between me and them. We'll, we'll go with that to be political about it. But yeah, like if WWE sells to them, I don't know that I can. I already have a hard enough time watching those Saudi shows. If I'm being completely honest. Yeah. No, I get it. Uh, did you did you hear what basically like Kevin Nash was saying about this? It's kind of like what you're saying. Uh, essentially, he compared it to like, you know, I'm not going to put my house on the market, but if you give me an offer that's blah, 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 I'm going to fucking sell my house. He's like, I think that that's what Vince is doing. You know, he got back in control and he's putting the company out there. And if they'll match what he fucking puts out, he'll consider it, obviously, but I don't think he's actually trying to sell. I think this has kind of all been a ploy, but you know, big sexy is really intelligent. So especially when it comes to wrestling business and Vince. Yeah. I, I maybe Vince would have sold to endeavor for the right price, but I don't think he's going to sell to anybody else. He's definitely not going to sell to fucking AEW. Cause that would be like Tony Khan's like, I won the war, <laughs> which is not cause that's what Vince would He'll do. be on raw. Oh my God! Yeah, Vince. Vince has already beat, beaten his competition twice. First time he bought all of it up. The second time he was losing and came back and fucking won, and then bought out the other smaller promotion just to say he could. Ugh. Yes, like him selling to any of like the. I, I don't care if that number's astronomical. He ain't selling to them. No, it's Vince. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? to, yeah, Vince ain't doing that. He's not selling to another wrestling promotion. He might sell to a promotion that owns UFC, but he definitely ain't selling to a fucking to the Khan family. That's just people want that, and I don't know why you want that because I like no. my WWE separate. Uh, they're different styles of wrestling, and that's why I like both of them for their individuality. You know, I don't want fucking i mean i want some of the matches but i don't want <laughs> like tony khan booking roman reigns honestly dude that motherfucker would turn into like a raisin after a month he'd be so wilted trying to like stay up and do every fucking show holy shit i could kill someone um but yeah that, that's this is how impact rises <laughs> Con family buys WWE and everyone's like, fuck it, guess we're going back to Impact. <laughs> let's, let's, like it's I mean, we hard switch. Yeah. I mean, it's, that would be I, a monopoly to some extent, right? Like that's like what six there would be so many pay-per-views, multiple streaming services involved. Tony Khan already owns Ring of Honor in AEW and then would own WWE in NXT. Uh, by we'll just throw that all in one sum 
what's left that actually has a TV deal? Because MLW is losing their TV deal. Just Impact. <laughs> Impact. You know what I, mean? I didn't know MLW was losing their deal. I knew they just started on a uh, on I forgot what the fuck channel, but like on one of the obscure channels. Um, but other than that, NWA is on YouTube, so that doesn't count. Um, Ring of Honor, they obviously yeah, he already has that. He'd be buying up all the territories. It's like, Pretty hey, much. Billy, how much can I buy NWA? Can I give you like 200 bucks for it? Let's be honest here. <laughs> so I just want the title mainly. <laughs> um, yeah, no, so MLW has a deal with Reels. They signed a contract with them. But then Reels started doing a streaming TV service through Peacock. They signed another deal. So, like, MLW, throughout the term of their contract of this year, will be oh. on Reels, but not on the streaming platform, which is pointing to Reels might not exist anymore other than on a streaming platform. And Gosh, WWE yeah. has exclusivity rights to wrestling on Peacock. So, even if Peacock wanted to put another wrestling program on, they can't, based on the contract they so, signed with WWE. So, so Vince McMahon's like, you know, Court used to work for Vince, and obviously he sued him uh, recently uh, about some shit that I think WWE did do against MLW or whatever. But like Vince, like, hey, Court, go fuck yourself. You know, just getting one over on one of his past employees. You don't go against Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Shit, fucking scandals in nowadays era. Couldn't do it. I don't understand why more more companies don't do this exclusivity stuff. Like, you can only show my version of this, you know? Like, I can't believe that they, like, Peacock actually signed that up. Because, like, what if, like, you know, AEW came to them and is hotter product, you're just stuck with WWE? <laughs> like, I don't know, man. Uh, but anyway, so that that's what's going on with MLW. Seemingly, they're going to lose their... TV deal after this season or whatever they have in their current contract. Yep. And, you know, people that are fucking excellent, like Alexander Hammerstone and Jacob Fatu and EJ Naduka and Myron Reed and uh, all these great fucking wrestlers that they have. The Von Eriks will continue to get sidelined. And the one, the reason why I, I always hear that, that, MLW does not pay their wrestlers that well at all. And a lot of those guys are tied down to contracts. They are fucking grown men. They sign them and, and whatnot, but a lot of talent that I think I feel like could be doing something in other places. That's all I'm saying. And I used to I, I really used to love MLW. I think it's lost a lot of its flavor, but it's still got a lot of great wrestlers. And I just I'm looking out for their benefit, Chris. You know, I'm just trying to be a good dude. Yeah, so like right now, what they're doing with MLW on the Reels Network or whatever is they're going to have their weekly show, and then they're going to do a classic show afterwards, and then like a recap episode as like a three-hour block of MLW programming, I think is what Ooh. Meltzer was saying, which is kind of cool. Yeah, um, that means it, that we'll see like Steve Carino and Dusty and, and Terry Funk, because all of them were at it when you know Dusty started it up at the uh, in the 2000s. So but we're starting to see some of that talent's going to be leaving anyways. Commander is one of them, right? He's he's uh he's his he's out of contract 
and uh, having this match with AEW, but he is not signed with AEW. Uh, and apparently WWE is interested in him. So it, we're going to get a lot of interesting stuff coming out of whatever comes of MLW. I don't know if they can survive just going back to YouTube only or weekly pay-per-views. Because there's a lot of wrestlers that are there under contract right now that are not happy about what they're getting paid, like you said. And, Do you uh, think that Billy Corgan is basically paying for the NWA to stay where it is with his tour money? It's a labor of love, man. The guy loves wrestling and doesn't have a you know a billionaire dad. So <laughs> I think he's... You can't take the money with you when you're gone, Dane. Maybe you can leave a little bit of a legacy through wrestling or something. That's hey. kind of what it seems with Billy Corgan. <laughs> Billy, friggin' put the title on Odinson. It's time to put him over. What are you doing? Yeah. To, to be uh, to be fair to Billy Corgan, you know, he did try to buy Impact. Actually did buy Impact, and then that deal got backed out and lawsuits followed. Uh, and he had Jeremy Borash, and that's when you get the cool – party brothers stuff and impact kind of was like flourishing a little bit and then went to absolute dog shit there until scott demore came back in and righted the ship a little bit but uh i heard that they had like a hundred thousand viewers of that episode on access and that the new japan show after that was even lower like they were giving demographic numbers on one of the podcasts and the new japan show within like the 18 to 49 key market or whatever was a 0.00 for the new Japan show. Oh, wow. That, that precise, huh? Which is 5,000 people watched it basically <laughs> is what that. So, uh, you're WWE or AEW guy. You can love this other stuff. I love all this other stuff as well. I'm just, it's just, it, it, that's to go back to the original thing is like if the cons actually did buy WWE, it is a mono- it becomes the WWE monopoly again that we saw that, you know, it wasn't until you started seeing companies rise up against like AEW before we actually got changes in entertainment from WWE for, for better or worse. I think it's gotten better, but because of that startup of AEW, we saw you know, good changes, I think, in, in WWE, a, a want to be a better product. Uh, my fear is if there's nothing else out there fighting it, I guess GCW. <laughs> if there's nothing else out there, it just becomes a talent pool for whatever WWE is doing and or AEW. Um, so hopefully that that doesn't become the case. That is the thing that I don't want to see is, you know, Tony Khan buy up or the con family and some investors buy up wwe because then it's just like no. a weird brand split and the companies are completely different it's completely different styles of entertainment and wrestling that'd be like if uh star trek and star wars merged <laughs> you know like they're they're both great on their own they're just very fucking different can i get a conversation between spock and darth vader just ask because no, i can get that Vader has magic and would just choke him out <laughs> from afar. No, I just want to. I just want a conversation, okay? If it builds us something, remember Spock does have telepathy or whatever. Or no, no, he can go into people's. I don't remember, okay? I'm the biggest Star <laughs> Trek fan. Why are you? Why are you accusing me of this? Um, well, not not the originals, more Next Generation, but you know. Anyways, yeah, man, it's getting fucking nuts. I mean, I don't know. We'll find out what happens with it, but it just sucks because I swear to God, a year ago, 
we were in a completely not even a year ago. Shit, the end of summer. You know, before we got to all out, AEW was was hitting on all cylinders, really doing some good shows. You know, there were some things that weren't as great, but the tag team division was much more flourish uh, than it is now, as you can see from the battle royals. Um, and 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 WWE right after. After SummerSlam, the book went to fucking Triple H, and he took all the good storylines, got rid of the other ones, and was doing a lot of, of good. And this is not that long ago. And now it's like, wow, the future direction of both companies for different reasons do not look as promising. Is this pro wrestling or what? So, I mean, the thing about AEW is you can easily write the ship. They, they got to build a – they got to build – MJF a baby face to go against. It's not Brian Danielson. Um, unless they're gonna make Brian Danielson the top baby face, have it beat MJF. We'll get into my pay-per-view reviews, but we kind of talked I talked about this on Tom Clark's main event right now. Their biggest problem is the guy they should have made babyface, MJF coming back as like the anti-establishment of that company who was fucked over. Uh they forced him to become a heel, and I don't think that the it's clicking really and they haven't given him any meaningful title defenses i guess one against ricky starks and now he's going against brian danielson and yeah we get it like mjf's evil cool <laughs> but what is the uh what is the overarching storyline of why do i why do i care if he's champion but, really but um to me that goes back on the biggest problem that will not get solved unless tony decides to get help in the booking decisions by him and his layouts that are very all over the place for his shows and also his production team ever since Keith Mitchell left, who, if you wanted to retire, I get it, man. He worked for, he worked at WCCW, WWF, WCW for the whole entire run TNA. And they got the guy that was supposed to eventually take the place of a Bucky Beaver over in WWE uh, that got let go. Well, apparently there was a reason why he got let go because the ladder spot with the fucking referees holding it. I mean, every blade job now is now on camera, including passing it back and forth to the referee. So I think AEW has, in my opinion, bigger problems than just a baby face for MJF to to go against. Yeah, the ladder spot happens a lot in wrestling in general I, jim Cornette did a good breakdown of some of that stuff but yes i agree the production there's other things about the production that's made me more pissed off like why the fuck are the mics not working <laughs> that's that's Dude. more annoying than anything else like that's the one thing that looks like, low rent yeah like, like if your camera guy accidentally catches something and you have like a three second delay and you, you're not you know wwe is using hundreds of cameras versus AEW using like six or eight uh, and they, you know, they've been doing it for a lot fucking longer. Uh, it's a, it's a little different. And also, you know, to WWE, to the anti WWE in me is like, well, you know, I'd rather see someone pass a fucking blade than have 7,000 camera cuts <laughs> to hide something. You know what I mean? So it goes both ways with that stuff, but they getting your fucking microphones, right? <laughs> Like you cut backstage to a promo and the, you can't hear anything. That's uh, that's the kind of shit that bothers me about their production. But with the Tony Khan, I'm gonna give him, a, like I said, I'm gonna give him a little bit of break. And I did all throughout last year because uh, you had CM Punk got injured, right? 
was gone. That was they, they booked around CM Punk. He got injured. A lot of people got injured before that Forbidden Door show. They came out. CM Punk has the match against Moxley, wins the title, is injured, does the fucking weird thing. Everyone gets fucking suspended. You're the you're I would say the four biggest stars in the company at that time period all suspended. Right. Um a little bit of the elite really wanting those trios titles to be a thing. Um, some other injuries and feuds within their tag team division. Just a lot of bullshit, right? <laughs> and hopefully he's coming up from the other side of it. Because if you can give like if you can give a punk omega storyline, if they've worked out their stuff, that'll be the biggest feud of the summer. Um, so it I'm not ready to I think he makes dumb booking decisions, but I feel like all promoters do to some extent. It's he's been hit with a, a plethora of bullshit. I just, you know, playing devil's advocate a little bit. I think he's doing too much. I definitely don't think they need ring of honor shows, especially if he's fucking booking them um, on top of what he's already doing. Cause it's like eight shows a week. Not even Vince is that crazy. Um, and they're trying to run house shows now. So it's, I, I don't want to blame know. His booking decision. I, a lot of it did have to do with some events that occurred last year. Well, and, let's uh, let's think about all the things he puts on his table. He decided to buy this wrestling organization and book it. He also is an owner or part owner for Fulham Soccer, who, you know, obviously, if you don't know that, has a lot of resentment towards him as an owner and also is involved with the Jaguars. Notably, Sometimes even, you know, writing down his booking ideas while he's at a Jaguars game and shit like that in the background. I just think that Tony puts a lot on his plate and he's got a big enough plate to keep the food on it. It's it, Can you eat all of it? You know, can you actually take it all down? So I understand a lot of stuff has happened this year, but probably stressed out also about ratings going down. You know, even if the station's happy with him, it's true. And a lot of. Stuff kind of being convoluted. You know, we have the storyline with two of the biggest guys, and we're just now kind of getting to the personal stuff right before the pay-per-view. So I, I just feel like I know he has a lot on his plate. There's a he can if he's got a feast, ask a couple people to help him at the table to to take down, you know, the food. I, I just uh, I don't know why he doesn't do that. And if he continues to do it like this, I'm worried about the the future of his company you know a couple of years down also i'm trying I'm to just go for about the diehards <laughs> yeah i'm worried about him as a person because like that's also a good point man you know and, and and here's the thing it's like we joke around about it but at, at the same time it's not funny it's like you know i don't know if if tony's just kind of wired differently or if he is doing coke or if it's maybe he's he has adhd so he takes adderall but we should probably stop joking about that because he is kind of high strung to the point where I don't know. I, I don't want him to work himself fucking into a heart attack or some shit. That's yeah. That's, that is a good reason. I mean, it kind of happened with triple H, right? If you think about yeah. the stress, the amount of yeah. like, can happen. Like you overwork yourself to a stressful situation to the point where you have a heart attack. Like this guy could have a mental breakdown with everything he has going on and the constant pressure of everything he has going on. And it does seem like he has taken a step back from some of those other organizations because he was like a statistical uh, a stats guy, basically. And he, he brings that into the wrestling. And some of that stuff works well for him as far as like 
doing statistical analysis of what's good and what's bad. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Jacksonville Jaguars in general, I, I could see why their fans are mad. They just, their arena got voted the worst in the NHL, like overall as a franchise to play for, or it was in the top five. They have like rats in their building, uh, basically in practice facilities. Uh, the Fulham stuff you were talking about, we've heard rumors of that. But like, you know, most of the people that were working at AW up until the CM Punk stuff started happening seemed happy, honestly. <laughs> Um, it's weird. It's, it's, a, it's a weird situation. I'm, I, he should get help. I, like I said, uh, the, per, the perfect person to bring in for the ring of honor stuff is, is delirious, especially if you're just going to give him all the former superstars he's already worked with. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, he, he's putting way too much. Even Vince didn't put that much on his plate. He, you know, he gave Triple H NXT. That's if you're also running house shows, it's just that's way too fucking much to do as a single person. And I know he says he doesn't. He he leans on the wrestlers to write some of their own storylines, and maybe that's part of the problem. You know, I, I don't know how you answer answer to control, brother, brother. Yeah, it's it's a weird one. What's Kevin Sullivan doing? <laughs> Come in and book for AEW. Be cool as shit. No, I, I, you know, I. Part of it is worry, and that's not it for him and for his company, and you know, just the long run. Um, but I don't want to be negative about this. Hopefully, WWE doesn't do something like that and fucking sell to the Saudis, and Vince doesn't take control. And hopefully, you know, Tony gets the help that he needs. And I feel like, and I'm not trying to be a dick. It's just I feel like Revolution itself is not going to do as well as past pay per views. We'll see afterwards. I'm sure they'll still get a good amount of money, but maybe maybe things will start progressing a different way. Like you said, if, if Punk and Kenny can get that shit taken care of, uh, if, if FTR resigns, I think that would be a really good positive thing. And really, you know, maybe eventually he kind of sees that he needs help. That would be a very positive direction. But, um, yeah, that's... Uh, I, I will just go back to my original statement when Punk signed with AEW. I didn't like the signing. So here we are. <laughs> this, this is where this is where we live, Tony. Should have been listening to the podcast, Omi. <laughs> he just couldn't he couldn't get up that morning to to hear it. But um, yeah. Uh, all right. So one more thing. We you know me and you were talking, and then apparently they made the announcement um online afterwards but so what they're doing for the icy belt and this is for who's going to be going against gunther at wrestlemania i kind of like that they had a bunch of people involved and we had the potential of it being like you know la knight kofi carrying cross sheamus drew mcintyre and, and and gunther and just like a badass like you know kind of back to the 2000s with the uh money in the bank but you have for the icy belt big old fight for the belt but apparently, it's actually next week, Chris. I'm, I'm assuming this is going to be like a hardcore match or no DQ. But LA Knight, Kofi, Karrion Cross, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre. The winner will determine who's going to get WrestleMania uh, 39 against Gunther. I'll ask you first. Who do you think is going to win this to go to WrestleMania? Uh... 
Sheamus, maybe, right? I, I don't know. I why is this a five way match? Let me let me start with that. They couldn't find one other guy. I still hate these fucking five way matches. So the so the idea is you got Sheamus, Drew, LA Knight. Uh, who else is in there? Uh, LA Knight, Kofi, Karrion Cross, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre. Why wasn't yeah? Why didn't they just round it out with uh, Xavier Woods? Yeah, I know he was part of the storyline. Is he hurt? Did he get hurt when, like, like during that? I, I, I don't know. So. Like, I don't, I don't know why they didn't. Because you already have a tag team in there with Sheamus and Drew, right? Kinda a kind of a friendly group. Well, um, Sheamus was pissed at Drew last night for fucking not talking to him about calling out Gunther, which is what started all of this. I personally want, like, I, like you said, I want Sheamus to win. I mean, I want Sheamus to win and then potentially beat Gunther at WrestleMania. This is like the last feather in the cap he wants to get before settling down. He's never gotten the IC title. That's a pretty cool thing. And then I know uh, Sheamus is not a bad person to lose from. If you got to get hijinks involved somehow to make sense of it, whatever. But Gunther should be eventually going against Cody if he has a title afterwards, I think. And we need to get him out of the IC belt. Uh, race, Chris. Yeah, I agree. Unless you're going to combine three titles at some point, like uh, the, him taking a loss here and then Sheamus going on to feud with McIntyre would make a lot of sense. And, you know, Sheamus is winding down. He's had great matches with Gunther and McIntyre. It's a solid ass program for the IC title. I think he makes a lot of sense of, of winning it. Uh, could be fun to see Kofi <laughs> against Gunther. You know, that would be that would be my other option of just like, let's, well, put, let's get Kofi Mania back. <laughs> at least Kofi doesn't have to worry about him getting chopped and his chest splitting since it's already happened to him. Uh, <laughs> that's a joke. He has chest dysmorphia, but <laughs> it, was, um, it was it was funny, wasn't it? It was fucking no? hilarious. Oh, also, Sorry. I saw last when you had um <laughs> During Elimination Chamber, when Rhea was going against Beth Phoenix, someone posted, this is what I love about wrestling, <laughs> big women slapping meat. <laughs> I laughed for like 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, 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 that's, I just hate the thought of a... Why does WWE do five-way matches? Just throw another fucking person in there. <laughs> like... It's so weird. I will say, uh, I watched it. Like I said, I, my wife's more of a casual fan. I watched it with her last night, and she's like, "This LA Drake guy, he's got something." <laughs> I was like, "Too bad no one." Hey, sees the him. audience were into him. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. She called him a combination of something, but I was. She's like into LA. He's like, he's like, he's a giant douche, but he's a lovable douche. <laughs> it's basically. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that kind of sums a lovable up. douche. That does kind of sum up LA night. She's like, why is his name L.A. Knight? And I was like, uh, and then I had to go into the whole story. I was like, it used to be Eli Drake. She's like, that's a much better name. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> why don't you listen to my podcast? My own wife doesn't listen to the podcast, Dan. Uh, tell her that you're taking her off of, um, is she under your, your health insurance? Or does she have her own? <laughs> well, don't answer that. I was like, <laughs> How would that help me? <laughs> that you, you, you threatened, if she's a part of it, you threatened to take her off the health insurance if she doesn't listen to the fucking show. That's where I was going with it. Make Jesus. her take yard at some point. Is that what <laughs> Yeah, take, you got to take it away. 
like, ha ha. I'm just kidding. Don't ever do that. That, that would she probably murder you. Mm. But I, I, I like will doing shows with you. Um, her coming into coming into it just kind of blind and not really knowing outside of the main bloodline storyline what's going on. She thought that was the most entertaining thing on the show, the setup for that match and Eli Drake and the New Day and uh, just seeing big ass people like Sheamus and Drew versus each other. It's like one of those things. <laughs> it's kind of like I think that was booked well. I just a, a five man match is just fucking weird to me. Yeah, no, I feel you. All right, well, uh, let's let's talk about Revolution, man. This is Sunday night, which I hate that. I mean, now we've switched. Saturday's gone to AEW or to WWE, and now AEW's on Sundays. I realize John Jones is fighting tonight. Probably a big factor, so I'm sure that has something to do with it. But uh, it's just nice with Saturday nights. Um, I know you feel the same way, Chris. Yeah, I mean, we don't have football season right now. If you're going to do it on Sunday, start it earlier in the day. Because you know this show is going to go until like 1230. We have Ugh. a 60-minute Ironman match as the <laughs> main event. <laughs> and they have a lot of matches other than that, too. So start it at like 6. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, I get why you wouldn't want to do that during the football season because you're going to run against Sunday Night Football or whatever. But there is no sporting event happening right now that's super important outside of the Jones fight. So, I mean, I get why they wouldn't want to go head-to-head on pay-per-view against that. But, you know, do us all a favor. If you're going to have, like, seven hours of wrestling, start the show at, like, five or six. Yep. So if 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 Brock's done speaking about John Jones, does he come and challenge John Jones tonight when he wins the title? Actually, that's a light heavyweight, isn't it? Or are we in heavyweight still? I don't even remember. Fuck it. Yeah, I was gonna say is that if jo- if John Jones wants to to gain the weight to fight Brock, because Brock's not gonna cut. Brock would have to cut like 130 pounds to fight. He John. talks shit to everyone, but it wasn't John Jones calling out Brock for a while not too long ago. I thought I remembered that. I don't know. Um, but that's probably because he thought his UFC career was over. <laughs> trying to set up a tipsy. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Revolution. The I'm I, I'm gonna watch every match. So there's eight matches besides the Iron Man match, and that includes the first match, which is on their pre-show. But it's Mark Briscoe and the Lucha Brothers. It's all set up within five seconds last night. Mark's had beef with uh, Josh Woods. Mark Sterling's, you know, group uh, with Davari and uh, Josh Woods and Tony Nese. So the Briscoes helped them out, or the Briscoes, the Lucha Brothers helped Mark Briscoe out, and it's going to be a three-on-three. I I, I, want to see fucking Mark Briscoe team with the the Lucha Brothers. So, and they're going to win, but uh, yeah, uh, I liked also the promo that Mark said about how it was just weird for him with the battle royal. He figured that Jay was already out there. Um, and then it just dawned on him. And, you know, he just he's 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 being such a positive. I, I guess it's just him. He's a very positive person, you know, with everything that's happened. So even though it's on the pre-show, Chris, I'm looking forward to, to seeing, you know, the Lucha Brothers, Mark Briscoe beat up Mark Sterling's boys. Yeah, it should be a fun opening match, right? They'll probably go eight minutes. We'll get all the cool Phoenix high spots. Probably a froggy bow for the finish. 
Um, I went I went back to this on Tom's podcast yesterday, and I, I actually brought up that you brought this up. If they need like a top baby face, and it may be a little too soon, but Mark Briscoe would be a guy in a very good position to push against an MJF because they just they don't have anyone, man. <laughs> like really, nope. Adam Cole is 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 another option. Unless they want to fucking do Adam Page v. Beats John Moxley, which I'm not really fine. That's that's fine. Let MJF fucking just completely cut him down verbally, and then he'll have to beat him. Uh, but Adam Cole, Mark Briscoe, I think those are the two best options, Chris. Yeah, my my Darby maybe, but Darby's been destroyed recently. I hope Cole's okay. That's the. Well, whenever they decide to do that live show, he's coming back apparently. So I think that he's good. I guess we're going to have a similar feeling with him going forward that we did with Brian Danielson a couple of years ago. But unfortunately, we get used to it, I guess, as long yeah. as nothing bad happens. You would hope that Brian Danielson would be like, look, if you wrestle with this, then it's going to take you way longer to come back in the long run. You know, I want Adam Cole to take as much time off as he needs. If it needs to be a full year, take a full year off. You know, I hope he's, I hope he's not rushing back. And it has been a long time since he's what, since forbidden door. Yep. And uh, like, and I've talked about this in the past, but what I would point out is someone like Sidney Crosby, he took a full year off of hockey and then came back and is still the same Sidney Crosby. Like don't come back too early and then put yourself into a, a bad situation. Like, yeah, yeah, it sucks for your team and the company and all that stuff and the fans. But at the same time, <laughs> the fans will appreciate that they have longer time to spend with you, homie. So hopefully he's good because that's some scary shit. He took two concussions in a row and had like bad concussion syndrome, migraines and all the stuff that follows. Like really scary to hear, like especially Britt Baker talking about it. So if he's good, he's good. But I, I'm just saying, don't pull him back because you think the company needs you or something. Like, don't you know? They'll figure it the fuck out. <laughs> the cons are billionaires. So it'll it'll be all right for a few months, a few more months if you need it. I I completely agree, man. Um, come back when you're ready. Definitely don't come back beforehand. But we'll find out. I mean, shit. There is a good chance at the end of this we'll find out the opponent next for MJF because I think a lot of us believe. I mean, maybe you don't, but because I haven't, I guess, talked to you that MJF's going to win against Brian Danielson. So we'll get there, though. But uh, next match, this was established last night, a final burial match, um, buried alive match. That's their version of it. Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. I don't really fucking care. I don't really care about Jungle Boy that much anymore. He had a fired-up promo last night. I appreciated it. Um, kind of came off like Jeff Hardy sometimes when he does the promos. Kind of like he repeated it <laughs> himself like two or three times. But it was fine. I just think it's a waste of Christian a bit, this whole entire fucking thing. Uh, Christian was awesome with his uh, promo on Monday. Uh, you know, just being a dick. He gets he gets the heat. I don't know what his contract's like, but... Uh, let, let's have this be over. I don't really care who gets buried. I, 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 I hope that it's Jungle Boy, but it's probably, probably more likely Christian. Um, but let this feud be fucking over. 
Yeah, the, I, the one thing I hope that doesn't happen is Luchasaurus comes out and like Jungle Boy is the one that gets buried, and then we get like weird Lucha Jungle Boy or something. <laughs> like, hopefully they don't go that route. I uh. think he beats Christian here, it ends the feud. And you know, with with Jungle Boy in general, they locked him into this. Sometimes you have to change plans, right? Christian gets hurt, Luchasaurus gets hurt. I, and I give WWE a lot of shit for this, but sometimes you do just have to forget the feud they're in and move them along. You know, it's like, well, if both guys he was feuding with got hurt, he got to set up something different for the dude. You know, like he hasn't had anything since then. Like put him nope. in a trios team or something like. So it's uh, hopefully Jungle Boy, you know, beats Christian. Christian, I think's contract is done anyways. Uh, I don't know what that means for Luchasaurus, who's going through a lawsuit about his original mask in AEW. He's got a new one, the original. They're suing for like uh, merch, merch credit, accreditation, and all that stuff. So, and he hurt himself too. So I don't, I don't know when how the injuries line up with Christian. And uh, I still wish Christian would have kept the cast on though. I was like, why don't you go Bob Orton with that thing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, a buried alive match on on a, a that's what they're doing for this is a buried there. I thought the buried alive thing was the uh, the trios match with House of Black and uh, the Bucks or Elite. No, but what is it's just a uh, that one's listed as just a six man match. But this is not a buried alive match, Chris. It's a final burial. But it's a very alive match. You know, uh, fucking Jungle Boy was going, you know, had a shovel and he was building a grave. And that's that's the match they're doing. I, dude. And we and they just talked about it because they did the rivals with uh, Undertaker and Mick Foley and really went into their whole entire thing. And the concept of a buried alive match is really not a smart match to try to pull off. It's fine if Christian's gone, right? Like if he, if he's gone and this is the end of Christian, they're just burying burying him, so to speak, and he's he's done with that program, then that's fine, right? If he shows back up in WWE, his character in AEW is dead, so it's it's not as bad. But like with WWE, it's like they do a period of live match, and the guy shows back up two months later. You're like, how the fuck? What? <laughs> But yeah, it's kind of a it's kind of a dumb thing in general. Um, the next match, Chris, this better be the end of this. And if Ricky Starks doesn't fucking win, I am going to take a bubble bath uh, in yogurt. So, <laughs> uh, Ricky Starks, Chris Jericho, the Jericho Appreciation Society is banned from ringside. Uh, Jericho got the group to attack him on Monday, but, but last night while Jericho was, you know, doing commentary towards the end, Ricky got the better of him and beat the crap out of him. So maybe face looks like he's going over. And like I said, he better go over. And I want this another thing. I, I, I want something fresh for both guys after this. Let's let's get over this whole entire. We've had like how many matches? And I think Jericho lost most of them. So. Let's let's throw another one on there. So, have did you hear his like random podcast with like Click or whatever that he recently did talking about uh, the fans 
and how he hasn't like there he was he was specifically saying like I've put a lot of people over during this time period like in a in in his in Jericho's bubble or whatever uh, and he was yelling about certain fans he's like look I just had a match with Peter Avalon I only hit one move I gave him all the offense for like a hundred and I was like who the hell's out here bitching about you beating Peter Avalon um, that guy's super goddamn sensitive man like for, yeah. Absolute legend, Hall of Famer, people that consider some people consider him the greatest of all time, as far as like the ability to change characters and do all the stuff that Jericho's done. Why is he? Why? When did he become so fucking sensitive? Is my question for you, Dane. And then, uh, I actually I agree. If if Ricky Starts doesn't win, then I guess I riot my house because I'm so done with this shit. But why? Why is Jericho so sensitive? <laughs> That's the. Jericho likes to I think he, he knows a lot of the stuff people complain about. He's not stupid. I think that he has a version of, of himself that he has to put off a bit and you know that type of arrogance that Jericho would have that he wouldn't understand why people I mean come on. Here's the thing. It's like all right, even the ones you put over you put over Kingston, but and I know some of it was his own doing later on, but he never fucking it, the whole it was like this long – it's the fact that he has long, drawn-out ones, and a lot of times he go, gets up on top. But the people that he chooses to put over – like, I, I don't know. It's Jericho, is he sensitive? He reminds me of Hulk Hogan. It's, it's a very similar personality. They kind of act – and maybe they believe their own bullshit. Who knows? But I think that they're, they're smarter than that. They're just kind of – they keep themselves where they are. And they'll 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 say it's bullshit or whatever, but they're politicking. I mean, or not really. I don't know if Jericho has to politic. I think he just says, "Hey, Tony, I'm doing this," and that's that's it. I don't think he has to like you know. So so basically, like Hulk Hogan. I don't think I answered your question at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, like, just the thing is, is like most fans love and respect Jericho, and you get like three or four trolls that go after him, and he gets pissed. Yeah, exactly. It's just confusing to me. It's it's just like don't acknowledge it unless it unless it's gonna be part of some kind of weird Jericho thing later on as a gimmick or something. Well, maybe but, uh, he'll get the rights for it. This will be a uh, that'll be a decent match, but Ricky Starks has to win here. I wouldn't be surprised if you see the breakup of the Jericho Appreciation Society. That's fine with me. Honestly, I, I would like to see Jericho without the group. He's had a group this whole entire time. And also, speaking of which, Chris, here's another baby face. I know he already won against MJF and lost, but there was some shenanigans involved in that. Ricky Starks, if he beats Jericho, he's another person you can position for an actual leading up to a pay-per-view feud, I think, with MJF. Yeah, I mean, I still feel like they booked that wrong because I, they should have done the battle for the ring and then the battle for the title instead of making it one match. Yeah, no, it was stupid. It was when I said that originally. Like he could, you know, he could have defended the ring, kept it, and then MJF just not give him a title match. <laughs> and then yeah. he could go through the, all this stuff with Jericho, and then that yes, he would have been the perfect like he is going to be. I would assume if he beats Jericho, the next opponent for MJF. Because spoiler alert for later on in this card, I don't think MJF is losing the title. Tonight. Me neither. Not not a chance. And I love Brian. I will be really. I'll actually be flabbergasted in a negative way. Uh, 
just because MJF hasn't had it for long enough, I don't think. And I was not impressed by the buildup for his match with Brian Danielson at all. So, you know, we'll I find think out. we're going to get full heel Blackpool Combat Club and Moxley versus Brian Danielson is what I think is going to happen. To to move from down for that from to remove both of them for the position to put Ricky Starks in that spot. And I think Ricky Starks is probably. If you had to pick somebody, that would be the next MJF opponent right now with what they have. Um, just because they killed Darby Allen, that would be oh, yeah. the, the the other guy I would pick, unless your you know Punk comes back or something. But even with Punk coming back, there's so much already built in that I would rather see them do than him just go straight against MJF again. So I guess that's that's our best choices. It's going to either be Starks. Darby's not really an option, I don't think. But we'll throw his name out there anyways. Um, the idea of trying to build a Mark Briscoe. Um, I don't I, I don't know. Unless CM Punk were to come back. But if he did, I don't think he wants to come back for, for the championship. I think he wants to go. I mean, I know what you should do technically because that's the biggest match you can have. But um, I think those are some of your best options, honestly. Um yeah. I mean, Takashita, I guess. Takeshka's good, and, and Adam Cole's still, if he's over his shit for real, you know, and he's been tested enough, that's another person. But, and, and the thing is, last night I realized, and I've realized this in the last couple of times, uh, Takeshka is actually pretty damn fluid in English. So, you know, I, I don't want to hear that as a bullshit excuse of why he's not able to, like, you know, I know it's a WWE thing more than anything, but I'm just saying. You know, he can speak pretty pretty good English, so and that will help him. But, yeah, that's another baby face. That seems like someone would be a mini feud, though, where they'd have, like, a couple matches, not, like, building up to a pay-per-view. This you is more saying? Yeah. This is more fantasy booking, but wouldn't it be awesome if Naito is the next guy and he just comes in and MJF's running his mouth and he just fucking spits in his face? <laughs> I would love that so bad. The entire Naito promo. <laughs> good old the silent... Roddy Roddy Piper, basically. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't speak English that well, but every this is a, a recognized term <laughs> across the entire universe. Do you think Do you think Naito would get along? Would it, would have gotten along with like old, old dirty bastard? I feel like they would have been friends. Probably. I want, some, yeah. I want I want someone to do a cartoon now of that. Yeah, them trying to pay with Grammys and title belts at a convenience store. <laughs> and then they go and get uh uh old dirty bastard's welfare check. Afterwards, <laughs> he did that on MTV. Yes, he did. Hey, oh, baby, I like it raw. <laughs> Goddamn. Have you ever heard the weird uh, ICP talking about when they brought him into the studio? No, I have not. Was on that track? I'll have to send it to you. But basically, he was. This was towards the end of ODB's life, so he was like super, super strung out, and they paid him like a ridiculous amount of money to come in and do a track with him. <laughs> And, and like couldn't get anything out of him so they're like all right just go in and yell random shit and then they ended up just putting that on the track like fitting it together around it's kind of a, it's kind of a funny he's that's when he was in his uh fat baby jesus uh mode if you're an odb oh, <laughs> where he kept talking about being fat baby jesus uh it's a it's a it's a wild tale of odb but now, now I'm way off topic, but uh, yeah, like I don't know. MJF retains here for sure, and then I, <laughs> the next opponent 
It's, I mean, next opponent logically should be, unless they have some kind of star coming in. Jeff, Hardy, if Jeff Hardy comes back or something, um, we'll see what they do though. But yeah, I agree with you for sure. What? All right, this is a good question. This match, you got the elite Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson against the House of Black. Now, I know the Elite haven't had the, the belts for that long, and I think they've only taken out, like, what, initially the 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 Death Triangle and I think one other. No, no, and then also, uh, god dang it. Or Atlanta Boy. Oh, and Top Flight. Um, Fox, top Flight. Era Fox. So they, they've, they've had a couple wins, but I just they haven't had a fulfilling, I feel like, run, especially since they specifically wanted to do these titles. But hear me out. I think this would make House of Black look better if they had those titles. You could position them against – you could go Dark Triangle with them again if you wanted to or do something completely different, I'm just saying. And I kind of want Kenny to be a part of the singles division. I kind of want the fucking Bucks to be in the tag division. Um, so I'm actually rooting for House of Black to win. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's what I would like. So it's kind of got brought up yesterday uh, with Kenny, and I didn't, I haven't really thought about it, but like Kenny hasn't cut a promo since the suspension, and you really haven't seen, as far as outside of their matches, the Bucks really cut promos or do anything. And does that play into the fact that Kenny is unhappy, or the Bucks are unhappy about the Punk situation and how it was handled, or or whatever? Is it part of an overarching storyline for whatever's going to happen? Um, that to me is interesting the fact that they you know as, as a big piece of the show and what was planned have outside of just having matches with lucha bros or dark triangle i should say because that was most of their run as they had seven matches with dark triangle or whatever it was um yeah i'm fine with them dropping the belt i don't know that it helps house of black i don't know that people care about the trios titles yeah uh, is is more the thing, and there's a set of trios titles in Ring of Honor as well. So I don't know what they're doing. Really now they have two tag divisions now, Dane, and less tag teams than what they started with, seemingly. So that that that's another reason why I was talking about the Jericho Appreciation Society breaking away from Jericho. Just at least you'll get 2.0 back there, right? As part of the tag division, FTR hopefully comes back. Um, Pride and Powerful. You, they moved. Uh, split, do you want spoilers for Ring of Honor? Well, you kind of already saw it. Never mind. Um, no, I, I knew the taping happened, but I, I have not seen it. Uh, so but I don't give a fuck. Yeah, so Kingston's going to be full-time Ring of Honor. Yep. Uh, yeah, I did see that he quit, and then he showed up on that. So uh, that's one less tag team they have. They have uh, private parties hurt, right? Jeff's in rehab. I'm trying to think of tag teams they have on their roster. Matt Taven and... Uh... Are they in Ring of Honor now? Um, Matt like, uh, Mike Kanellis and, and Matt Taven? Oh. Uh, I think so. I think they were in the audience last night during that four-way tag match that started off Rampage. I didn't were... know that uh, Mike Bennett was signed, but I, I know Taven signed. So, yeah, they could be. I wish they would have kept uh, Taven with Vincent because I think they have really good chemistry together as far as a tag team goes watching them an impact in ring of honor remember didn't they had vincent, that isn't uh, vincent going to wwe is it wasn't that the rumors 
in some capacity. I thought that was I don't know. I thought I read that somewhere. Maybe I don't know. I just remember the last match I saw them in on a pay per view because I saw them do some stuff in Impact afterwards. Was that a match against Dalton Castle and the Boys, which was a really good match, and Vincent looked like a million bucks in that. Um, But yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a good tag team. But once again, they have two tag divisions now. Yeah, man. They got like six teams I can name off the top of my head. I guess like Dark Order, Best Friends. Like now we're just reaching into uh, to reach in. If they're going to truly separate the rosters, they got to flesh out that tag division. You know who's let's, a perfect let's to give a lot of money to? <laughs> Motor City Machine Guns. I'm always trying to get the, those boys paid. No, no, no. And I, I completely agree with you. But let's talk about this match because we have a four-way for the tag titles, the Guns just got these. I think they've only defended them a couple times. Uh, they're going against the former champions, Acclaimed. Uh, Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. And Orange Cassidy and Danhausen, who were in place for the best friends because Chuck got attacked before. So they had to step in and be a part of the Royal Rumble Battle Royal thing. Not to be confused with the other tag one. That's just the battle royal, battle royal thing. Um, how do we, do we not have enough tag teams to have just four fucking actual? Like, look, I hope Jeff Jarrett and fucking Jay Lethal wins it. I'll say it right now. Fuck it. But we couldn't have four just tag teams, or just do the guns and fucking. Oh my god, we don't like you said. We don't have FTR. We don't have Pride and Powerful. We don't have fucking the Lucha Brothers. We don't have the Young Bucks. We, like, look at the battle royals who was in them. At least give it to Aussie Open. Like, you know, they're a lot of fun as a tag team. I don't know. I'm just like, like, if the Acclaim get them back, what the fuck was the point of all this? And if the Guns don't well, win it, what the fuck was the point of all Like, uh. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the Guns are going to retain here, and that sets up whatever they're doing with FTR. But FTR has a, a, a what I think is a work storyline, but they're doing the same thing MJF did, essentially. Uh, which I don't, I don't like wrestlers building storylines about contractual <laughs> obligations and how much you're getting paid. Like I don't, I don't know, man. WCW did that, and you you saw it turned out for them. Yeah, <laughs> you know Good what point. I mean. Like I, I don't know that it's a it, that that's the best way to handle what they're trying to do. But yeah, you're right. It's just a bunch of random fucking. Like you know what? You can go for the trios titles, right? And still go oh, for tag titles. <laughs> you don't have to. You can have both. <laughs> the same thing with Kenny. Like you can still be a singles challenger. <laughs> you know, yeah, like put that U.S. belt on the line. Like you don't have to. Just because you're the trios champions doesn't mean you can only wrestle trios matches. <laughs> like if that was the case, New Japan would have like <laughs> so many less matches than they already have. Like a trios champion is a fun thing to do when you have a lot of talent, which they did when they the original Inception was created. But by the time they got past Forbidden Door and the thing actually got launched, <laughs> the tag division, a lot of it was injured or removed and kind of like, I don't know. I, I agree with you. And it's to the point where they had to kind of kill one of their own gimmicks because a casino battle royal, we were thinking FTR is going to be a wild card, right? Because you're telling me it's a casino battle royal. You assume that there's going to be a Joker team. They didn't do that. 
It's just a normal ass tag battle royal leading up to a weird four way match. And the only reason Orange Cassidy is here uh, in this match is to to work with Jay Lethal so that they can carry the majority of this match. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Dude, that. You're 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 not you're not lying. Like Jeff, Jeff, uh, Jay, and fucking Orange Cassidy basically are the most advanced in this ring with a lot of guys that are good but are, are green as fuck. And Danhausen. And yeah, you're also talking about a lot of moving fucking bodies. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I'm surprised that they went with orange instead of Beretta. I think he would have uh, maybe been a little or, or put orange with, I mean, the thing is Dan Housen's actually a really good wrestler, but he's never really, he doesn't do that with his new character. So he's probably going to be like, I'm assuming he's going to get his ass kicked for the most part. So you could have had Cassidy and, and Trent Beretta. That would have been a good tag team. And Trent's pretty damn fucking pretty damn good, I think. Yeah, and I'm not out here. I'm not crapping on anyone, but I mean, like, you're gonna have, you're you've got what's four tag teams? It's gonna be what twelve bodies moving around? Eight bodies? <laughs> How many bodies is that? It's gonna be a clusterfuck, man. <laughs> yeah. So like, they're like orange. Get in there. <laughs> it's gonna be you and Lethal working. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys. You you. you we're going to beat down Dan Housen or Orange Cassidy for the majority of this match. Tag ins and tag outs of Jay Lethal and Double J. That's going to be the fucking majority of the match. And Sanjay Dutt making weird facial expressions with a pencil. The camera. All right. Um, let's go to the next match. We got a three way match for the AW Women's World Championship. Jamie Hayter, the champ, is going against Soraya and Ruby Soho. And if I said. Soraya or Soho wrong. I don't give a shit. Sorry, just had to say. Um, I hope Jamie Hader wins this. And what I'm what I'm not hoping. I hope Hader wins this. Will be a big win, especially with the opponents she has. I don't. She's had the title for a while. She's, but I, I want to see her with a longer run. I think that they have more to do with her. Some part of me thinks it's going to end up on on Soraya. I don't really want to see that. I don't see Ruby winning. I know that sucks, but that's kind of just how, you know, I've seen her as that person that fights really hard and does not win. Uh, but if you get, if we get past this and then Britt gets involved, I'm just begging you, don't have Britt attack Jamie Hayter. That's, you got to fucking build up to that. You got to like maybe plant seeds now. We've already seen it in the past, but you haven't even fucking brought it up for a long time. But if you just have Britt Baker come out and attack her, it's without any type of buildup, it's not going to be as valuable if you wait a little while to do it, but then make that the match at the next pay-per-view. So that's my, you know, backstage booking. But um, do you see anyone else besides Jamie Hayter winning? No, I think Jamie Hayter should retain and hold this thing all the way until they get to fucking uh, forbidden, forbidden Door. I'm looking past that. I think it should be her versus Mercedes Monet. That was my prediction last week of what I would do and what I think would be a big match, both for stardom and AEW. It makes a lot of sense. Um, do you get what I'm saying, though? No, I do. And and I we, we called this out when they were doing that feud initially. Uh, with Brit, I was like, they need to pull the trigger on Hater now. She's hot, and it it it's very much the same thing that they did with Sasha and Bailey. You know, like yep. every time they had a chance to pull the trigger, they overthought it and then didn't do it, which is what's happening right now. 
Um, what they need to do is stop putting Soraya <laughs> in their main event. Honestly, I'm not trying to be a dick, but like, uh, she's going to be very limited in what she can do in general. And she's not, she never has been a great promo. Um, so, and I respect Paige. I love Paige. I think she had really good matches, uh, in WWE and definitely is part of the women's revolution. And it sucks that she has went through what she's went through injury wise and relationship. We also don't want to see her get hurt. Don't want to see her get hurt. And they also have put her into a dumbass storyline. Yep. <laughs> like she's the uh, she's a part of the NW no. Haha. <laughs> Get it? Loser. Yeah. Uh, how is she, how did, why why would you even try to make her a heel? People want her to like the part of the all of her shit that I don't like is all booking. So I'm just gonna throw that one on Tony Khan. <laughs> like really. He's going to catch the L. I'm going to spray paint an L on him for this. Because, like, she should have came back as, like, a big baby face, like, returning. Like, Ed, when Edge came back or when Brian Danielson came back. It should have been something like that, not whatever the fuck they – how they've gotten here. I have no idea. But in any case, Jamie Hayter's hot. I feel like she'll retain. And hopefully, like you said, they don't pull the trigger on the Brit thing too soon now. I, like, I'm worried, man. I'm worried they're going to do it right after the match. Like, Brit's just going to look at her, get behind her, and just tack her. And it's like, no, just give us, like, a subtlety. Like, like just kind of, like, once again, maybe it's bothering Brit, But just, like, a facial expression. But give us a couple weeks. If you want Double or Nothing to be Brit versus Hater, don't fucking do it now. Like, wait a couple weeks to build it up and then have her snap and then build towards the pay-per-view is what I would suggest. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I think they they should have pulled the trigger on that feud when Britt cost Jamie the title. Yeah. Right? But we're down the line now. We definitely don't need the WWE beatdown after the fact. Like, oh, my friend won, and then just the immediate beatdown. I agree with you 100%. I think that's a – you can build it out. Those are two great workers. Um, If I was going to do anything as a surprise, if Thunder Rose is ready – Maybe send her out here there to challenge, you know, Jamie. That'd be awesome. Um, all right, now our Texas Death Match: John Moxley, Hangman Adam Page. I think that both of these guys are gonna bleed a lot. So let me put it out there first. Uh, I don't even know to what level they're gonna go to. I'm hoping. When they said text uh, deathmatch, isn't that usually from back in the day at least? You know, it would be like no DQ, but like, what the fuck was the? They had weird. It's a last, last man standing. With yeah, last no man rules. standing. Okay, no rules. I just don't need it to go to like, like I understand we're probably gonna see some fucking thumbtacks or we're gonna see some stuff. No lighting on fire. I don't need any of that. Like, um. I don't know. Just just have a fucking brawl. Beat the shit out of each other. I'll enjoy it. But I'm I'm done with this. We need to move Moxley on to something different. Hopefully as a heel. And hopefully... I'm assuming Paige is going to win because he could really fucking use it right now. And that will project him more as a, a prominent babyface. Because people do love him. I think he's been cooled off. So a win could help him out. Especially winning a fucking Texas death match against that maniac. And then have Moxley ready for someone as a badass heel. Cause I feel like that group is kind of already going in that direction. Chris. 
Yeah, with it being a Texas death match, the way I would book this, I don't know if this is what they're going to do, but I would have, you know, Dark Order comes out at one point. Um, the Blackpool Combat Club comes out minus Daniel Brian Danielson, right? Because they've already teased that because he's not really part of the group. He's part of the group, but he hasn't been helping them out or showing up in situations where it pops off. Hangman wins and get Moxley versus Brian Danielson feud in the future. Um, I like that. That's that's what I would do because Hangman does need to win here, and there are yeah. Moxley going heel. So that that would be how I do it. We'll see what they actually do. I I, I just don't care for the match, man. I don't want to see another fucking... I'm done with Moxley Falls. You know what I like seeing when Moxley just has a good match? Like a good-ass wrestling match. Yeah, he's gotten... (laughs) I I feel like he's gotten a lot of bad habits out, and it's like he's kind of not... not getting creative anymore to me as much as he he used to. It's. I mean, it's it's not his fault, because I think that that's his way of getting a match over when there's nothing really booked around it. You know, like uh, he, he's a guy that kind of needs a story to some extent, but it's, uh, Moxley, I'm not taking anything away from Moxley. I think he kind of was well-deserved in winning wrestler of the year. He was in my top three. Uh, you could make the argument that he did as, as far as like, if you go most valuable player, uh, he was pretty fucking important to AEW, especially when they, they made him drop the title, then pick it back up, and then <laughs> run through the rest of their pay-per-views. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have him at number one still, but I agree. He's ridiculously important. Um, Samoa Joe and Wardlow, TNT Championship. This is my opinion. Once again, I'm not saying it's true. I think Wardlow needs to take that belt away from Joe. Joe will probably go since he has the other belt more so on TNT or on a uh, Ring of Honor, um, which I hope not permanently. I want to see Samoa Joe back on AEW as well, but I think Wardlow needs to fucking win this man. If he doesn't, that's not good. And then you know, from this we have a feud with him and Powerhouse Hobbs for that title. Because Hobbs won the uh, the giant golden hemorrhoid pillow or whatever the fuck it is, uh, the life raft. Uh, so he's going to have the next in line for that belt. So that's a pretty good feud. Honestly, I would kind of break it up and, and you know have a feud with the two of them and potentially give that title to Hobbs, even if you have to get fuckery, because that's another person. If he's built right now in this process, wins after Joe and starts beating people up and having a good feud with uh, Hobbs, that could revitalize Wardlow a great deal. So then maybe we could see him as a potential opponent for MJF. Shit, he could have the TNT belt, beat Hobbs, and be the first TNT champion to go after and maybe put both belts on the line against his old nemesis and MJF. So that's another idea. But, uh, yeah, it sucks that Joe will have to take a loss, but I don't think that's going to hurt Joe if he does. Chris, do you see it differently? No, but I feel like they really did hurt MJF in Wardlow by having him just powerbomb him seven times to get the fucking pin for whatever they said out of this, right? Yep. Um, 
but yeah, I, I agree. I, Wardlow probably should win here. That's not what I would do, just because I think Joe has a bigger is a bigger star, and I'd rather see Joe versus Hobbs, honestly. But uh, you brought up the Ring of Honor thing. I didn't think about that. So they'll just split Joe off to Ring of Honor. Hey, maybe that's where you get CM Punk. He's tired of Joe's shit. <laughs> I'm down with Joe versus Punk again. As a uh, oh man for the Ring of Honor. Yeah, I'm down with that. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think you, I think you set it up perfectly for what they'll do. Honestly, I, I don't. Out, outside of. Uh, I just wouldn't do that because I think Joe is one of the bigger stars on the roster and is the perfect uh, not scare. You could easily turn Joe into a baby face going after MJF and making MJF the chicken shit heel because MJF ain't as evil as Joe. And here's another thing that you could do Um, because I I feel like Kingston's a good person to go against Claudio because they used to have beef in real life. So why not take that and use it for the title? But with Samoa Joe, Good opponent for him is Mark Briscoe because, you know, he's already been in a feud with his brother. He's a heel now. Uh, you have Mark going against him, and potentially Mark's the one who takes that belt off of him. Uh, similar to how his brother took off the world title, he takes the TV title off of Joe uh, after a long feud. I think that would be a, that would be a good uh, pairing. I'm probably going to get some hate for this, but... Would it be the worst thing to do to re- just retire the Ring of Honor tag belts? Just keep a traveling belts with the combined ones is what you're saying? Yeah. So retire the Ring uh, of Honor tag belts in the name of the Briscoes as the greatest tag team in Ring of Honor history. Just retire them. Have one set of tag belts. Put put Mark into like a meaningful feud with like for the TV title or the heavyweight title, whatever you want to do. I'm just Either. really worried about what they're going to do with, you know, two sets of tag belts. And Mark Briscoe is still tied to that, and they have not addressed it at all. No, he just wears the belt, which is kind of, it's nice, but yeah, kind of there is that looming problem of what the hell we're going to do. Unless they're going to split it up, I don't know, man. Like like we keep on saying, the trios belt, the tag division, AW, and the tag division, Ring of Honor, and their trio titles. You gotta have. You're gonna have to like start combining shit. Um, you know, or you can still have the Ring of Honor title, wearing belts, right? Like, yeah, and that's fine too. You know, it's good to have belts just for Ring of Honor, but it doesn't really matter. I don't see. Then you're gonna have. You will have fan backlash if you decide to do that shit, though. Um, because I mean, not, not, not if the not if they retire the belts and then you have a good fucking show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the backlash yeah, comes shit being bad. I mean, you're gonna get people that are like, "Oh my god, the lineage is lost" or whatever. All right. Well, no, no, no. Up. It's so, but then you'd be bringing it over, quote unquote, AEW tag people into there. You know, they're for, gonna do that. Do that anyways, though. Like that's it's like a brand split in WWE. It's just gonna happen. They're gonna run out of people to fucking bro. Both you you know how some of these idiots are on Facebook and multiple pages. You know that will be a complaint. If they were, were like, well, we don't have a tag division anymore, and then the AW tag titles come over there, that's not Ring of Honor. I mean, that's literally what they do for way less. Here, here's an idea. Fucking Ring of Honor is your videotape library, and you just have AW. That's fucking WWE proved that this does not work. <laughs> yeah. 
WCW. <laughs> they didn't even do it an invasion angle. <laughs> Impact had more of an invasion angle than AEW did. So we already know it's not going to work. They I mean, still are. Dude, you know what's funny is that every pay-per-view, their next pay-per-view, Sacrifice, which I believe is this weekend, um, <laughs> but uh, it was all New Japan versus Impact. And I'm like, how the fuck are they working with every fucking New Japan person and we don't have anyone on AEW? Who, who was the last person? Did Kenta come on an episode? Yeah, I mean, I, fuck. Ring of Honor as a concept, I love it. Just do a Ring of Honor pay- tribute pay-per-view. You know, make that one of your pay-per-views. And highlight that, and then just close down Ring of Honor. And get rid of some of your... You have too much shit going on. <laughs> really. And like I said, this goes back to WWE. WWE proved this doesn't work. Brand split doesn't work. Dominic supposed to be on Raw. is definitely on down last night. <laughs> So. If they treat Ring of Honor, especially the way it is, more like NXT than SmackDown, I think they'll be better off. And, I mean, let's be honest here. I'm not talking about NXT now. I'm talking about NXT when it was in its heyday and had, like, big wrestlers on it. Um, let's be honest. Ring of Honor is going to look smaller in comparison to AEW. I don't expect it to be at the same arenas. I, I don't expect a lot of that stuff. So I think if they did that, it's a little bit different, but then again, they also have their YouTube shows. I don't know. They have so much fucking content. It's ridiculous. It, yeah. They need to eliminate some of the YouTube shows. I think, um, like they got to do something, man. Like, cause, cause what you're saying is, is it's going to happen. It's inevitably going to happen because they're going to need, need stars. His ring of honor is going to be a paid subscription. Like you got to pay to watch it. You got to pay for ring of honor world. Right. And what we initially thought is they were going to make like I what I initially thought and what we originally talked about when they bought this is like they might do a Ring of Honor show, but it'd be like the WWE Network. So like you get like all of the shows AEW does like a day later, plus the Ring of Honor content, plus AEW's backlog of pay-per-view. But they're not doing that. They're giving you a backlog of Ring of Honor plus their weekly show. Now give us ten dollars. And uh, those weekly shows are going to have to be damn good. Honestly, for like your casual fan. Yeah, I'm not paying. I'm not paying for it. If it doesn't have the pay-per-views, I'm not. Not happening. Sorry, not doing it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think, you know, the (laughs) pay-per-views were worth the worth the money I paid for them. The last three Ring of Honor pay-per-views, I'm not going to. I think there was some good shit on those. But at the same time, it's like, well, now I have to go out of my way to watch another wrestling show on a different subscription service. It's not combined with this. And it's it becomes the w, when WWE moved NXT to Tuesday and, and moved them to a network. And now I, I can't go back and watch the recap. Like, how long does it take for that shit to upload? Uh, and do I even care? Uh, that That's more of more of my I, I don't like the way they hang, handled the ring of honor i would have just done you know you could you could have handled it a lot better but i'm pissing the wind <laughs> at this point it's gonna blow i back. agree man i agree uh I'm trying to think all right so the last one last match we already talked about it but just straight up mjf to me not only needs a win but he's got 60 minutes to show 
I mean, he's a good in-ring worker. We just get small bursts of it. Actually, more of the stuff that I saw that he would do for further was like his early matches um, when he was in New York and stuff like that, going against Wheeler Yuta and, and other people. Um, so I need he needs to he needs to prove something. I mean, I know he's a good fucking wrestler, but I think that people like to make comments. So like, really, just show show them what's up and uh, have good wind because. Man, uh, that's a long-ass match. Uh, I think Brian Danielson should come out with his wife and their kid, and Brian Danielson, the kid, should be dressed like uh, Ricky Dragon Steamboat back in the <laughs> late 80s uh, with the whole headband and both of them dressed up with the gi and stuff like that. And Because, uh, I mean, it's basically it's it's the dragon versus the modern flair, if you will. So, um but yeah, this should be an awesome match. I just wish the buildup was was better, guys. I don't need the trials of, of MJF or, or Jericho anymore, of going through a bunch of guys. We needed more stuff between the two. And then when you finally gave it to MJF for two weeks, it's just a, it was weird and awkward, and that's on him. La- the, the last one was Brian Danielson really selling the pay-per-view the best. Yeah, he Wednesday knocked night. it out of the park, didn't he? On that he promo. <laughs> Now, I'll, I'll give credit. MJF knows stuff. Him backing up his facial expressions definitely sold it as well. But it was some awkward-ass promos. That I don't know where the fuck, what direction we're going to, especially that first one. And then before that, it was him having to fight people. Man, this is these are two of the best right now. That shouldn't have been the buildups. But that's all I got to say. It's like I don't really care as much, but I hope it's a really good match. It blows me away, and I hope MJF wins. And impresses me I, even also, though he doesn't part, have to impress me part of the build-up should have been part like not brian danielson just having good matches with people the fans actually like like bandito is getting cheered over him <laughs> like why even do that it should have been more of the harley race type here's all these bastard heels coming after you and they kind of got there with brian cage and stuff but fucking I don't know. I hated all of the build-up to this, and I don't think they did Brian Danielson any favors because they put him in there with people like the fans don't want to boo. Like they want to see Bandito do good, you know. Chris, they were starting to boo him last night until he finally got them to change. Or not last night on uh, Wednesday night's episode until he finally charged up and really started getting into you know promo mode. They were kind of starting to boo him, which fucking audiences let me talk about last night's audience too at smackdown yeah um well i I mean they should have brought they did the seth rollins mjf should have just been a baby face would have been fine yep it's way harder to make an over baby face than it is to make a shitbag heel it's way fucking harder i think i might have lost you chris Oh, hey. Oh, I hear you. Okay. No, what I was this saying is connection. It, it's it's uh it's way harder to make a it's way harder to make an over baby face than it is to make a shitbag heel. That's all I was saying. Like you can you know, they should have brought MJF as a baby back as a baby face. You kind of broke up on, on that a little bit. I, I got what the gist of what you're trying to say. Um, it's way harder to make a baby face than make a shitbag heel. Yeah. Hey, am I back? Can you hear me now? It's fine. We're yep, good. Uh, I lost you again, buddy. 
damn it. All right, you dropped out. Hey. Hey, you're back. Okay. No, what? I, and I'll cut some of this out, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, no, what I was saying is when they brought MJF back, it was very much like when Seth Rollins came back after his injury. He should have just been a baby face. It's easier yeah. to make a shitty heel than it is to make like a really good baby face, like a Sami Zayn. It's kind of why I disagreed with the way they went with Sami Zayn and not giving him the big big fully moment type deal. Uh, even if he dropped the title like the next week or whatever, at least he would have that big moment. Same thing with like Kofi Mania. Like, you know, the end of the end of the story is not the the full tale of the story that will be remembered in history. And with MJF, it's people don't want to boo MJF. He's trying his absolute, he's doing every dirty tactic he can. The only way they're going to boo MJF is if they literally put Mark Briscoe in there and he has negative things to say about Jay. That's, that's where he's at right now. Yeah. That's very, very true. Um, I don't know. We'll see though. I'm also, like I said, I'm looking, I'm sure there will be some type of surprise, but at the same time as wrestling fans, maybe we shouldn't expect surprises every single time because then we fucking kill our own expectations. Um, because a lot of the times recently when we've gotten said surprises, they haven't been that lackluster anyways. So, but I, maybe a person could come out to start the next few with MJF is what I'm saying. I, I, I would say, you know, we expecting a surprise because the owner of the company is out here telling us he has a huge announcement. Oh, is that for tonight? I don't know. Or, or <laughs> Sunday. Wait, Tony's version of a huge announcement is very different than mine. Like a huge announcement would be like, we're pregnant or something. Tony's huge announcement is like, I found I'm having a, a sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very, very different. Yeah, but I mean, he posted on Twitter. I'm assuming something's happening. <laughs> huh. Oh. Not Punk. Punk's right, still let's... injured. For... Punk's not rehab. He's got two more months of injury. So, and unless he uh, was in Mexico getting some, uh, what is that? The 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 fetus <laughs> replication. I'm trying to remember what that cell. So, uh, now I forgot, and we're talking self, about fetuses. Self, self cell therapy or whatever. Oh, dang it! And Christopher Reeves was a big person. Those proactive on all this. Stem cells. Yeah, last time. Like, I lose you again. No, I'm still here. Can can you not? Hey. Um. Yeah, we keep on losing connection for some reason. Can you hear me or no? Yes, I can hear you. Yeah, can I you lost you. You're in and out. Maybe try that computer thing. Hey, can you hear me? Blah blah. Halifax. I can hear you now. Okay. Uh, yeah, stem cell research, right? <laughs> there you go. All right, let's talk about some highlights from Raw, and we'll get out of here. We already talked about the Brock Lesnar MVP thing. What else happened? Jimmy and um, Solo went against Street Profits and got a win, uh, and then Kevin Owen ran out, and you know. 
caused some damage, caused some stunners. Cody had a really good match with Chad Gable. Judgment Day uh, talked backstage. There was a lot of buildup. And, of course, Dominic had to just be a dick to his dad last night once again. Uh, Asuka defeated Carmella. Candice went against and defeated Piper Niven. Seth Rollins appeared in it. Uh, this one's actually a pretty big one. We'll talk about this. So he was on Miz TV, and he knocked out The Miz and went through his phone. And even though, you know, The Miz had his problems with Logan Paul and then, you know, screwed him over at the end of their match, he still got him in his phone. I guess Seth just realized he would be that vain uh, and calls him. And the way that he FaceTimes him, the first thing Logan Paul says is, Miz, I'm telling you, quit calling my phone. So it was just like a little funny type of thing, but realizes it's Seth. They talk shit back and forth, and Seth calls for a match in WrestleMania and tells him he's going to kick his ass, basically. So it's confirmed. I think they're meeting in person next week. So that will be on Monday night for Monday Night Raw. I am looking forward to that, and I do like a feud between these two guys. I was hoping this was going to happen, and it was pretty much set up at, at, at Royal Rumble, so... Good shit, Chris. Yeah, I, I, I love the Miz. Like, stop calling me <laughs> at the beginning of it. I like I like the idea of this match. The only thing that really throws a kink in for me is now Seth has to win because they're already setting up the pay-per-view of him versus uh, Tyson Fury's baby brother because they're doing like a brother versus brother thing in the boxing world. And he's going to make way more money off that than he will a WWE. Well, contract. Jake, Jake uh, went against him um, last Sunday. He beat him or no, he, he lost to him. He, he lost it and, and they're doing a rematch, but they've already set up a match for um, Logan. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I guess you're right. However that plays out. I mean, boxing timelines are different than wrestling timelines. Uh, no, I see what you're saying. But it makes me worried that you're just going to have Seth beat him here. Uh, which is fine, I guess. I don't know. I just don't know what you do with Seth afterwards, really. Yeah, that's that's a curious concept of what's going to happen. So maybe he does beat him. He's out for a little while, you know, and then comes back and attacks Seth, and they continue their feud after the boxing. I could see that happening. Um, other than that, I mean... Uh, Gargano beat Otis. Bobby Lashley defeated Elias. Let's talk about the main event. Really good women's tag match. Apparently, Dakota Kai, I, I don't know if she was trying to milk it like uh, Bob Orton with the fucking, you know, her using the crutch because she legitimately injured herself, but apparently she was fine tonight. And Becky Lynch and Lita went against damage control and beat them. In Becky the main was, event, we had Bailey was getting involved. Pretty cool and match. Trish and I mean, Stratus came out and helped honest, out her let's, friends. Let's, let's get to the good beating stuff up Bailey. It, it looks death. like there's going to be a good chance uh, for Bailey I guess against the Trish. I've marked out for the women's title at WrestleMania, and I don't know match. if it'll be a rematch. Uh, I don't Ronda know exactly what happened. There's going to be Dakota something. Kai, you know, she was using the crutch, and I know she had a legitimate injury, but obviously she was ready to be in this match. I was wondering, you know, as we talked about beforehand, that Bailey was going to have to jump in, but her and Io. Had a match against Becky and Lita. It was a good match. And, um, you know, Bailey was getting involved. So to counter Bailey, and it looks like this might be a match at WrestleMania, we have Trish Stratus entering to help out Becky and Lita. That would lead up to Becky and Lita winning. 
and winning the women's tag team championships. Um, so I, I, I Trish and Bailey, that that seems like it would build from this. I don't know if it's so much going to be EO in Dakota, but we know that they're building uh, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. But our tag champions, and I was really excited about this, actually, is Lita and Becky. Pretty awesome. So I thought this was a fun match, and the finish was fun. And um, Lita looked good in the ring. A little slow, but very crisp. No dangerous things were happening. Uh, She is now doing the Jeff Hardy (laughs) as far as, like, doing top rope moves. Uh, I'm too old for this shit. But uh, I'm going to run this by you, Dane. You let me know what you think. Bailey is going to get in Trish's head about Lita taking the spotlight and and overshadowing Trish's legacy, and it's going to set up a tag match. And then maybe split off to two separate matches after that, where you got like uh, you got Bailey versus Lita and Trish versus Becky. I don't know how they get there, but I think they might do something like that to to kind of do more with Trish and uh, do more with Lita at the same time. No, no, I love that idea. Um, I'd be completely down for that. Uh, I never, I didn't think about that personally, but that would make a lot of sense. So if they end up going in that direction, that that's cool. Um, look, I mean, here's the thing. Maybe it could be a three way, but I don't really need Rhonda and 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 uh, Shayna, honestly, unless you're going to have. Now, because no, you don't have to do that. But whatever, I'm I like that idea. That that's actually a really cool idea, Chris. Yeah, I think I think more of it is, uh, in a lot of ways, their careers do run in in similar directions. When you're looking at like Bailey, Lita, Trish, and and Becky, um, of who was champion, who wasn't champion, the rise, the falls, etc. So it's not it wouldn't be crazy to me if Bailey could talk to her, like talk to Trish and be like, look at her. She's disrespecting you. And then, you know, why don't you be my partner kind of thing to set up whatever match? And maybe that, you know, (laughs) I don't know who comes out as champ. That's the problem is I don't like the tag belts involved. I feel like they could have done this without like tag belts. But I do think the setup would just be to have like two pretty cool. Uh, women's matches whether you you get you know becky and trish or you know or bailey and lita like two separate wrestlemania matches those are huge wrestlemania uh female matches that i or just a straight tag match i just wish the titles were involved really um or do you just or do do the switch where becky and bailey are like you know what they think they're better than us (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they do a full swap or something and you get like the legends of the old generation versus the new generation. There's a lot of ways to go with it. And that's one of the things that's really good is that a lot of these matches that have been building up, there's multiple directions. Now there's one that seems like the more feasible option, but it seems like this one as well. There's going to be some really cool matches at WrestleMania involving fucking Trish and Lita. Which is awesome. Um, I love that them, Beth Phoenix, you know, people have been able to come back because 
I don't know. They've always, they've always treated men with wrestling and how long they can be in the business very different than the women in a very negative way. And it's awesome to see Lita and Trish come back. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy. I'm excited about WrestleMania. There's going to be a lot of cool matches, man. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not going to be disappointed if they just do a straight tag match and, the, uh, and, and you know, uh, Bailey's crew wins the titles back. Which is the other option, but I'm just assuming bringing Trish there with Lita, it's you have a perfect setup for like two different versions of the biggest female superstars or, you know, big parts of those uh, revolutions of female wrestling going against each other. I just I would hope they would be smart enough to either book it out for two nights or take the next five weeks and figure out a cool storyline to take the titles back off. And maybe maybe that is where Shayna and Ronda comes in as they they take the titles off of uh, of of you know Becky and and Lita leading up to Mania, but the actual match is not that you know what I mean. It's not the actual women's tag match or something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could be like a three on three, and maybe Bailey and them cause Shayna Baszler and 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 Ronda to get those titles, and then they have a separate tag match for the belts and you're having uh, damage control against Trish Lita and, uh, and uh, Becky. That would be cool too. Or you um, can do the, the classic, like next week they run, um, you know, Shayna and Rhonda, they win the tag belts against damage control or, or whatever, but it's via interference or you flip it, you do it twice. Right. So it's like, Oh, there's only one way to solve this. <laughs> Kind of thing, because I, yeah. I feel like you know that's a bigger match, like a tag match with Lita. And, but I mean that may be just where they're at. They like they have to have a tag match. I don't I don't know, but uh, Lita looked good. A um, little bit of ring rust, but she'll probably speed stuff up if she's working with them headed to a Mania match. I would think she better. No, I'm just kidding. She did great. Uh, <laughs> also, Trish, you're amazing. You still, I still have a boyhood crush for you. We all do. It's kind of hard not to do. Um, all right, Dynamite. Let's talk about some highlights off of Dynamite. I mean, we've kind of talked about a lot of this stuff already, but we'll go through the whole entire thing. Um, don't care about the faces of the revolution. Oh, no, no. We, yeah, we talked about that. Very tough. I was actually going to go in for the, the Battle Royals. I was like, okay, there's like 50 fucking people. Let me talk about this one thing with the Revolution ladder match that we didn't really talk about completely. Um, Powerhouse Hobbs wins it. He's going against either who wins between Samojo and Wardlow. We talked about all that. Uh, Takeshka looked awesome in this. Uh, Ortiz and Eddie, they they kind of they fought off, you know, into the back basically, and that led to Eddie saying that he was quitting. Uh, but Air Fox. He got annihilated pretty much by everyone. Commander looked really cool, but honestly, I don't know why he was in this match. Like, there's not an AEW wrestler that couldn't have been in this spot, but, you know, whatever. I can't remember who they had. AEW actually has someone under contract, but he couldn't make the... Oh, it was um, Vakingo. Bandito? Vakingo was supposed to be in the match and couldn't make it for some reason. Well, if you have the the AAA champion, that's pretty fucking cool if he was in this. And no offense to Commander, it's just him and Action Andretti just were, like, thrown in there for the hell of it. Sammy's crazy. 
Uh, biggest thing was the ending. Like, Rick Knox, like, motherfucking... Because he's kind of the one who started this idea. Because it looked like Hobbs was going to go out to the ring and grab a new fucking ladder because he annihilated the one that, you know, he knocked into someone. So it wasn't standing up. So instead, you know, Rick and a bunch of referees, it's okay. We don't really see much. If you have him going up the ladder and then just keep it on Hobbs and he wins it. But they kept on going out for a shot and you have referees holding the fucking ladder like they're a candle holder. It just looks so goddamn stupid. So once again, I'm just not digging this guy that was apparently supposed to take over for fucking Bucky. Um, that's in charge. Uh, Keith Mitchell was doing a much better job when he was in charge of it. And this is another thing where it's like, why the fuck was that exposed? Like WWE's done that before too. And I had the same problems with them, but I feel like they fucking, as soon as they realized that was what's going on, they kind of, you know, closened up a little bit, not kept on showing us it looked ridiculous, but what are you going to do? Yeah, I agree with you. Rick Knox has got to be up top of worst referees of all time. He's terrible. There's another guy in WWE that just gets over dramatic on everything and tries to make the match about himself that I really hate. Um, well, they've dialed him back. I think he's on NXT now. Um, can't think of his name, but Rick, Rick Knox is uh, he's like a like a gimmick. That's that's why I was saying like when they were doing the Young Buck stuff and he was like doing all of their matches. I was like it would make sense when they were heels. I was like it would make sense if he was like in their like, pocket. Of how bad yeah. he is, right? <laughs> but <laughs> he never did that. He's just, he's just terrible. And and that's production thing, right? Like I think it's a bad call on, you know, Hobbs could have just went and got a new ladder, gave another, <laughs> gave another a power bomb or slam to somebody, and then climbed the motherfucker. I don't think anyone would have cared, right? What people do care about is it looked ridiculous. <laughs> The way they shot it. So I agree with you. I mean, other companies do that. Um, it's just normally, like you said, they don't zoom out. So you see it. This guy's an idiot. Whoever the fuck's in the truck. Um, big things that happened on it. Peter Avalon with Jericho. Jericho beat him, obviously. Um, Orange Cassidy beat Big Bill. We talked about that a little bit. Yeah, we were talking about the. I talked about the Jericho beat. I I gave him all the offense. Only beat him. Only hit one move. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he really put him over Jericho. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> no it's one Peter Avalon. We don't expect you to put him over at all, anyways. <laughs> yeah, no one was bitching about it, Jericho. That's all on you, homie. Hook beat Matt Hardy for the FTW Championship. Uh, uh, Riho beat Tony Storm, or did Tony Storm beat Riho? I don't remember. Actually, off the top of my head. Doesn't really matter. I think um, Tony Tony beat Riho because they're continuing the Tony Storm weird. Didn't they continue that's the the page the Soraya Soraya? I think Tony won that match, but I could be wrong. It's it, it was nothing to write home about. It wasn't a very good match. We talked about the Atlantic Championship. I I wish Orange Cassidy just had a singles match. For his belt at this, and they had an actual tag team, honestly, in the fucking thing. But this is a good match, man. I just thought that it made Bill, uh, Big Bill, just look. I mean, I, I don't know. That was uh, 
the size difference. Am I just crazy for thinking that, Chris? I'm like, I like Orange Cassidy, but Jesus Christ. I, I don't have a problem with that. The thing is, is like the win for Orange Cassidy didn't mean anything, and it definitely hurt, you know, uh, <laughs> big. I, know. I cannot call him fucking name so stupid. Uh, big Bill. I mean, it definitely hurt. William Morrissey. It, it hurt Morrissey more than anything else because, like, Morrissey impact booked him so well. So when he came yeah. in, I was like, you know, and then he he did lose a match, but he lost a match against Wardlow, and it was a very competitive, like, a good Wardlow match, actually. Uh, so I was like, okay, well, he lost against Wardlow. They're going to build him back up and he'll have a rematch, but they didn't do that because he wasn't under contract with them, and then they signed him, and this is like. And, and look, Orange Cassidy is super over. I get it. You couldn't find some other fucking guy for him to beat. Honestly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, No, I know exactly what you mean. Unless, and, and we don't know all the backstage stuff with Morris. I mean, there could be some other stuff going on. And But uh, as far as I know, Morsey's like clean, sober, did well in impacts. I, I, don't, I just don't understand. Like, he's, he, he's bigger than... Almost everyone on that, if not bigger than everyone on that roster. Uh, yeah, I, he, I think he is. He could have, he should have came in as an absolute fucking. They don't know how to book monsters. Their idea of a monster is like, uh, <laughs> someone like Hobbs is big. He, yeah, like Hobbs is big, but he's like you know the same. Like trying to compare him to someone in WWE, so it makes sense. Okay, a Brock like, Lesnar type of body, like. But short. So uh, who's the guy? Uh, uh, Bronson Reed. Like yeah. th- these cats are like Bronson Reed. Like they're big until like Billy Gunn gets in the ring. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> then then they're right. not that big. Morrissey gets in the ring <laughs> against Billy Gunn. He's still fucking big. Same thing with Lance Archer. <laughs> if you're trying to big like build the big tall monster, pick the big tall monster. Um, All right, I have an idea. I think I know how to revitalize, but it, it involves Bill having to leave his group, but uh, hear me out. Okay. Do you remember the Jersey triad? DDP, DDP Canyon <laughs> and Bam Bam. Oh. All right. How about, how about the new Jersey triad? Get, get what I did there. And what you have is you have DDP as the manager for his son-in-law, Big Cass, because he's married to Lexi Nair, which is DDP's daughter, uh, and DDP's illegitimate son, Enzo, the real one, and you get the group back together, you know? And they can fucking travel the Indies, GCW, MLW, Impact, wherever, representing Jersey. I actually was, this is a joke, but I actually do like this idea. I hate to say that. Yo, if, um, Zoe, if Zoe came out right after MJF won the title and, and cut a promo on him, that would be a good babyface build. <laughs> hey, you piece of crap! Yeah. <laughs> Just because How you like, doing? he's good, he's good on the mic. <laughs> hey, I, have- I will say he had, and the that's the, the 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 only thing I've watched from MLW in a long time. They put his recent match with Mance Warner on YouTube and it was pretty fucking entertaining. I'll just put it that way between the two. Yeah. I mean, so. he has a, I, I don't know. I, I don't think AEW will ever hire him just because he beat the show. Joey Janela at a blink one, a two, a concert or whatever, which is kind of, Hey, how you do? 
<laughs> Dumpweed's the best song, you weasel. <laughs> you do a really good Enzo. It's fucking cracking me up. Um, I, I think people want to see them back together. Like, why not? Unless yeah. Enzo just doesn't want to do it. You know, that's the that's the other thing. But um, Oh, Mr. Too Good over here? Get the fuck out of here. Give me a break. Some, maybe it's a Morrissey thing. Maybe Morrissey's like, I don't need Enzo in my life. That guy's on a different level. <laughs> Like surprise! Remember when they invaded Ring of Honor? Yeah, which could have been awesome because Enzo versus Bully Ray (laughs) was great. But maybe tell the wrestlers it's going to happen, you know? Or the other company that you're going to do that. (laughs) Yeah, Tamatonga was was pissed. People. (laughs) Uh, All right, uh, let's keep on. Okay, the last thing: Brian Danielson, MJF. This is going to be a hard one. Because Brian Danielson had an amazing promo. We didn't have anything from MJF. He didn't shut the fuck up the last two weeks with his stories of girlfriends that didn't work out or whatever the fuck. Um, But like last night, Cody and fucking Roman killed it. We'll get to that next, actually. Um, But this promo, it was nice seeing Brian Danielson. We kind of talked about how to get out of... You know, people have not been loving Danielson as much recently. He's gotten stale. I don't think this feud actually helped him out. Like I said, I think him on the mic, because of this, what we just saw, it could have helped him, you know, a couple weeks into this. Like, you know, really, really getting back and forth and personal. Um, But I thought he killed it. I thought that just bringing up the fact that, like, you know, no wonder your, your fiance left you. Like, you know, hitting mats and banging rats. Right, Max? That's what you say. <laughs> you know, just going back into that. And, like, MJF, I got to say, he was great with his facial expressions back. He was selling it, you know, where he was. He goes from angry to, to like, okay, this guy's, get, you know, I, this guy's bullshit. It's actually fucking true. I don't want to admit it. To fear at the end. When Brian Danielson gets the spot where he's like, you're mad at me because I have a good life. You're mad at me because I've had a good wrestling career. You're mad at me because I've come back from injury. Like, give me a break. You're like a little fucking rich brat. No wonder, you know, you've done this to yourself. You're just a shitty person. Just puts it all back in his face and then says, look, you got Sunday night. We're going to see what happens between me and you. You better fucking prepare because if you don't, and then they blocked it out, but you could see plain as day what he said. I'm going to kick your fucking head in. And the, ex- the facial expression from MJF from that was awesome. Great sell job. And then he trips literally, almost like falls on his ass and kind of like just leaves after grabbing his scarf. And Brian Danielson looked like a badass. Everyone's doing the ass chant. They went in from not giving a fuck. This is just one promo. Imagine if we had, like I keep on saying, I'm not trying to be like a broken record, but this is just one. Uh, but uh, yeah, this, this this sold me for the match, but I haven't been as, exactly as excited, Chris, um, before this. Yeah, I mean, Brian Danielson did a great job of selling the match. I think it was an amazing promo. It it came very off to, to me a little bit like Drake doing back-to-back. Remember <laughs> when he got that diss track? Like where he got called out and then <laughs> fired back. Um, it was very much like that. Like he's taken enough shit. He finally wants to speak. 
it just it sucks because they haven't done to me they haven't done like don't have brian danielson facing other baby faces leading up to the match that people want to also see do well and that hurt him you know a little bit headed into this like people fully behind him brian cage and it, it's mjf so you kind of have a weird thing with mjf anyways and people really don't want to boo the guy even though he's trying to be evil which is actually my least favorite thing that mjf is doing now um yeah, I think man. he's still a great heel. I think he's very believable, and what he's saying, his promos are good. Brian Danielson being like, look, motherfucker, I've been to the top. <laughs> kind of felt more real. <laughs> you know, like, did, you ever, did you ever win three matches at WrestleMania? <laughs> no. Didn't think so. But it was kind of that. It was kind of that where Brian Danielson put him in his fucking place. He's like, you're a little kid to me. Now, what I would do with the match, uh, as far as if if I was Brian and MJF working it out, I would immediately have MJF go after that arm and take a DQ loss. Because it's falls within 60 minutes. So that Brian has to wrestle injured the rest of the time. And he gets one pin over MJ. Or even even take a fucking chair and smack it into his arm. You know what I'm saying? Like, really fuck it up, get a DQ, and just continue. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's the exact yeah. same thing I was thinking. And then Brian Danielson gets the, sec- the second win, and then MJF just, you know, twists the arm into oblivion. Um, what I don't want to see... Well, I'm okay with it if it's setting up Moxley uh, versus brian danielson later on but i I, it's 60 minutes they're gonna have to do some smoke and mirrors i think someone pointed out this like brian danielson can wrestle 60 minute matches but i don't know that he's ever wrestled anyone that's paced like mjf for 60 minutes because brian danielson does wrestle a very fast paced style he's gonna have to do it for 60 minutes do you think, based on their styles, and also the fact that both of them, not, 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 actually, not necessarily influence, do you just think, based on their styles, these guys might have watched the Flair Steamboat trilogy to t- kind of, like, figure out? Because, I mean, it's kind of, Brian Danielson has that Owen Hart, Steamboat type of speed to him, of how he fucking does shit in the ring. And kind of the heel work that you would do with that, and how you could keep on continuing and slowing it down and fucking, you know, because they would do it for an hour. All those matches were, I think, Broadway's. Um, I wonder if they, they looked at that stuff while studying. I'm sure they did, but immediately what I thought was the HBK versus Bret Hart. Yeah, I mean, that's the classic one for sure. Absolutely. Well, for their, for their two styles where, you know, Shawn Michaels is kind of more fast-paced and the way he works a match, well, at that time period during the boyhood dream or whatever. And Brett was more methodical, which would be more like MJF, even though Brett was not a heel in that match per se. But um, you throw that in with the finishes we kind of talked about it. I, I think it's going to be an incredible match. I just don't, you know, the, the caveat to it is like, where do you go from there is the biggest thing. Cause I, I do feel like MJF is going to retain and uh, hopefully where they go from there is something with Moxley versus uh, Brian Danielson and the breakup of the, the Blackpool combat. I hate saying that. So it's too fucking long. You know, you know what's easy about NWO? <laughs> They're NWO. 
It doesn't make any sense either because there's no one from Blackpool in the fucking club anymore. Right. Uh, uh, all right, so let's talk about SmackDown. Just a couple things real quick. Uh, I mean, like I said, I kind of alluded to this. At the beginning, we have Roman come out with the bloodline or what's left of them, essentially. No Jay, obviously Sammy's gone. But um, gets to the ring, you know, is about to address the people and tell them to acknowledge him. Cody's music cuts him off. Cody comes out and looks very, me and you both said this, very like proper, like old school, you know, champion of the NWA or something like that. Like nice suit. Uh, comes in the ring and offers Roman a handshake uh, and basically states the fact that, like, I was hoping just to have a conversation between opponents. I don't know if Paul Heyman told you otherwise, but, like, I'm just trying to come out here and talk to you mano a mano. Like, is that okay or do you need these people here? So Roman's like, oh, okay, let's all of them go. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was a, a good back and forth, uh, Chris. You know, you had Roman pointing, you know, going right into the whole Dusty thing. An area that we kind of knew he would go. But then also stating, like, I wouldn't be here without Dusty. Putting the respect back about that. But going for those jabs about, like, you know, it's funny. Do you know how much your dad talks about you? He didn't. Never. No. Talked about me going to WrestleMania. He talked about all my accolades I've already done. You know, just really needling Cody. And Cody's facial expressions, the way he just, like, you know, flit, he smiles, like, in an, an aggressive way and, and like, uh, flinches, like, just perfect. And Roman just knowing that, you know, Dusty basically thought of him as a champion. Did he ever make you feel that way? And kind of going back to Cody is like, just like, you know, he realized that this wasn't Paul Heyman just coming over here and trying to stir up shit. Like Roman literally was trying to be, uh, I guess you could say a cerebral assassin and really go for something to be personal involved in this. This was his way of doing it. And, uh, he did a great job and just at the ending when he's like, you know, if, if you want to make this personal, essentially, we can do that. You know, this is, this goes completely different when we're talking about Dusty's kid versus, you know, who one of Dusty's kids, the NXT crowd, basically. Um, but I thought it was played off by both guys. Great. After Co after Cody, you know, finally shakes his hand and looks him in the eye and just with a lot of intensity, I swear to God, I told you, it's like in that last part of the promo where he's really coming at Roman and getting into it. His dad, I just saw his dad, man. Just his face morphed into him and it sounded like him. It was just fucking crazy. But Roman, just so ruthless, putting the championship belts in front of them like, hey, which one did you win out of these? You ever, you ever actually even been in a match for one of them? Have you ever been in the headline of WrestleMania? Just... Great work by two great completed characters. I can't wait for this fucking match. And this is a really good way to start off them two, I think, interacting, Chris. Audience at times was great. They popped for pretty much everything. 
you know, I could say personally they could have been louder, whatever. It's not so much that. The people that were starting to say boring, you got fucking gold. Like, I'm sorry they weren't doing a, I don't know, twisting 450 hammock, Phoenix hammer stone splash or some shit. You know, it's fuck off. Like, uh. <laughs> the Phoenix Hammerstone splash. If if you get uh, not a Hammerstone, <laughs> I was burning Hammer Phoenix 450 splash. Like, no, fuck saying, off. if you if you could get the, the guy from MLW and Ray Phoenix together to have the hammer, the, the Phoenix Hammerstone splash, that'd be a sick <laughs> name for a finisher. <laughs> I just, you know what I'm saying. But anyways. I'm praising it a lot, but I thought it was, I was captivated by it. I was like, God damn it. They did it again. Yeah. I mean, Roman's on fire, man. And Cody cut a great promo. Uh, I, I sent something actually earlier than you did, but it was alluding to the same promo, I think, which is like, there's no honor among thieves <laughs> talking about, you know, Rick, the, the build up to the Ric Flair match. Cause Dusty's like, I've been to the mountain twice, baby. You know, he does that calm voice, and Cody did that at the beginning of the promo, but at the end, it was very much there's no honor among thieves kind of thing. Like, it's hard not to draw comparisons. I will say, you know, uh, Roman's like, I'm going to do my best Dusty impersonation. That was that was also pretty cool. Uh, also, right off the rip, Cody comes out, attacks Roman with this promo. And uh, Roman alludes to Cody in interviews being like, well, I write and rehearse all of my promo. Remember? <laughs> He's like, you've been rehearsing that all day? I was like, oh, shit. I, I think as soon as he said that, I said, you have a message. I was like, never take the title off Roman. He's a forever champion. Shit, um, fucking Cody reference all in. Yeah. Yeah, he did. It was, it was, it was fun. It was a good back and forth between two great professional wrestlers. They're going to have one hell of a match. It's going to be incredible. It's like I said, dude, Roman's, I mean, we've talked about it on this show before. Roman's the best. He is. It's hard to, I mean, maybe not the best in the ring, but as far as overall performer, overall storyline involved in the company, most valuable person for their company, it's, it's hard to debate. Uh, regardless of if you subscribe to a newsletter and send your votes. <laughs> it's when you're talking about like uh, what someone did for their company, uh, the fact that WWE is so hot right now, built around an entire storyline built around you, Roman's the best. And Cody's going to be the guy. Some of these, some of the fans, they're going to be mad. But no, one, I don't think that anyone expected, well, one, they didn't expect Cody to be the challenger for WrestleMania, but no one expected you know, Sammy to get as hot as he is. So I'm going to give a little bit of the fans, some of the fans, a little bit of a break just because some people aren't going to be into Cody. That's just going to be the fact of how, how things happened. But, um, so it's a good problem to have. Cody can win night one and, and Sammy can come out and be like, Hey, I still want that bell. <laughs> you know what I mean? And set up a baby face versus baby face match. Or there's lots of ways to do, I would have personally gave Sammy his moment in Montreal, had him drop the title back before Mania or night one of Mania um, to still give Cody his match against Roman or whatever. I would have done it a little bit different, but still great. Great fucking promo by both guys. And also this Roman Reigns shirt with Paul Heyman's little head in the corner is the <laughs> most amazing thing of all time. I'm going to order six. For they got myself. some awesome merch. I think that's the first uh, time I've ever seen Paul Heyman's entity on a shirt, though. So that's 
<laughs> makes it pretty top tier. Okay, so this is a big thing that happened also. The the conversation with Reigns involving Jimmy and telling him to try to get a hold of his brother, and his brother's basically just not getting back in touch with him. And Roman says that next SmackDown, next week, if they haven't, you know, gotten a hold of Jay, they're going to hold Jimmy accountable of it. I don't know what that means, but I don't know. I, I expect something to happen because of that. Um, well, that was a really dumb thing to say, but I, I expect, I think they're swerving us, basically. Maybe Jay will finally kind of join or be, I don't know, but it was a, it was an interesting choice of words to say that we're going to hold him accountable if Jay's not talked to us by next SmackDown. Yeah, and you saw Jimmy in the, the main event kind of try to prove his loyalty, right, uh, against Sammy. So, yeah, interesting, man. Is this just a giant Kevin Owens swerve? Is that what they're going for? You know I'm what I mean? Sure. Is, is he going to kill kill one of the Usos and then become part of the bloodline? <laughs> we get another Canadian in the bloodline. Nah, I'm, I'm kidding about that, but... <laughs> It's uh, Solo Sokoa and, and uh, Sami Zayn had one hell of a match, but the storyline definitely played off of what you're saying um, towards the end. It ended up getting with a haluva kick, though. Yep. Um, I, I, still, think I still feel like they need one more person to join Sami and KO. I feel like if... if... If that happens, we'll find out eventually because I feel like there's another person you could throw in there. We've talked about that. One, I think the one that makes a lot of sense, especially if it came down to WrestleMania and potentially Cody losing because of a numbers game involving people you know, getting involved or whatnot, Randy Orton would be a good person if he's healed up. And it would make sense a lot and people would fucking go crazy throwing off their panties if Randy comes out. So... Wait, what do you think about Austin and a trios patch? Hey, that's an interesting that's an interesting concept too. The Usos and Solo versus Austin and his Canadian friends. Yeah, yeah. Put the can we still put the belts up on the line though for some reason? We need yeah, yeah, I forgot. We we got to create a set of trios titles cuz Austin's going to be there. <laughs> And then no, the next no, one, what I'm saying is oh. the tag titles <laughs> specifically for, uh, I still, like I said, if, if, if all of a sudden, you know, shit's going down stuff like that and Cody's about to get fucked over completely and you hear the glass shatter refs down, he comes out there and fucking stuns Roman. I mean, just, that would be fun. That'd be fine. But the, what the hell held you win? Yeah. Stone Cold came out and helped me out. I had a Monday Night Raw fucking 99 moment. Or they do get the Rock moment, but he wasn't ready for the match. He slides in and gives fucking uh, Roman a rock bottom. Now, that would make a lot of sense. You just hit the money, actually. Because if that happens, that really opens up that door for a future match between the two. Sucks it couldn't happen this year, but maybe things will be closed. Because Rock wants one last match, at least. I don't think they're going to get around that. He'll fucking eventually do that. So 
And now the titles, it's completely, you don't even have to worry about it. Just Roman and The Rock at next WrestleMania or maybe the next one. That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Fuck your bloodline, bitch. He's like, take your bloodline and stick it up your candy hat no i mean i'm not saying it's gonna happen but you know that would be a cool cool moment uh, definitely a cool wrestlemania moment you know cody's getting beat down by the bloodline rest bumped all of a sudden rocks music hits he just lays the smack smack down on the entire bloodline hits roman with the rock bottom cody gets up the ref gets up he hits him with the crossroads pin one two three everyone goes home happy i just got goosebumps man i'm down for that <laughs> Fuck yeah, especially, especially if you've had a point where maybe even after they win the tag titles, if they do, you have, you know, Kevin Owens, Sammy, all of them have already come out, try to help out and got overwhelmed and pretty much like everyone's just like down, everyone's down. And then Roman's about to fucking spear him and do you smell what the rock is cooking? People will go nuts. That would be fucking crazy. Ugh. All right. Well, when that doesn't happen, I can't be mad because you just created <laughs> you you did it. It's it's your booking, not Hunter. So we'll find out what he does. Yeah, but Hunter but, listens to my podcast because I, I, I actually do. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan when I'm leaving and I'm going back to Stanford. I usually listen to wrestling slides. That's you, just to let you guys know out there. He likes to hear how many times I bring him up and how many times I call him the king of shovel style. He keeps count. I, I still don't like that. That's that's uh, <laughs> Uh, kind of, yeah. All right, uh, didn't shovel your mother. God damn it. All right. Um, so yeah, other than that, Rhea beat Liv. Uh, Dominic won against Santos Escobar. Pretty good match. He obviously won. Um, and that's where Dominic disrespected his father again, slapped him in the face. It's getting to the point, like, I am, I am, you know, watching this and going, Ray, come on, just fucking hit him. Like, just please just smack the shit out of him, but he won't do it. So I guess even though it's repetitive, they're still getting the same thing across. Like that's, that's, that's what they want is you to want Ray to smack the shit out of him. Is it working for you, Chris, or are you kind of sick of this? Does, does Ray need to act? I mean, I don't know how it helped Santos getting taught. I mean, it helped Rhea. <laughs> yeah. Santos Escobar got gunned up and clapped quick by Rhea Ripley. He shouldn't have made. He shouldn't have called her mommy. That's that's on him. <laughs> stupid, stupid mistake. She caught him outside the ring. I was like, oh, at least they put Rhea over in this. Like, you know what I mean? They kept her strong the entire night. She beat the hell out of Liv. Beat the hell out of Santos Escobar. They still said I, I thought this was well done for like mid card WrestleMania feuds and stuff. And you're right. Like I want to see Ray hit this kid. <laughs> you know, I, I can't wait till they set up the thing where like uh, Dominic is trying to hit him and Ray just keeps moving like one of those like action scene. <laughs> so Dominic hurts himself against a wall or something because that's kind of where they're at <laughs> now at this point. Just study Jackie Chan. He was really good at evading. Yeah. You know, just, just, leave me alone. Get out of here. But, uh, you know, Dominic played it up well. I think he did a good job ripping the mask and, and selling. And uh, also, outside of him and Santos, like, uh, well, this is on Dominic specifically. They went to do a double cross body and they went head to head. And <laughs> Dominic did not get his arms up at all. They just went clap, clap. Forehead to Jesus. forehead. That was oh. kind of scary. But outside of that, the rest of the match was pretty good. 
Um, uh, yeah, this wasn't really heavy with matches. Like we had Liv and Rhea, we had Dominic and um, and Santos, and then Shayna Baszler beat uh, Tegan Fox. But this was like building up stuff. My like favorite whole thing. part is my wife being baffled by Liv. <laughs> so what is her character? <laughs> why? Do, I guess why we we came up with it. She's a rave girl. She's a rave girl. Fine. <laughs> I mean, because I couldn't explain Liv Morgan. I was like, because I can't explain Liv Morgan really. Like, I, she doesn't have a character. She's a wacky, crazy person. That's that's her character. In real life, there's a good chance she has a website that has multiple different social media accounts on it. I'll just put it that way. Um, yeah, I mean, I was like, she was like, well, who's this girl? And I was like explaining Rhea Ripley and the backstory of everything that's going on with her and how she came from NXT. It was like, there's a much longer story. And Karen's like, okay, accept that. But like, <laughs> explaining, Who is she? Liv, explaining Liv Morgan, she's like, so she's a rave girl. And I was like, yeah, I mean, kind of like, you know, <laughs> I was like messaging so you. I was like, give me an explanation, Dane, to tell my wife. And I literally give you like, the breakdown of a rave girl, basically. <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, it's a rave girl. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, um, yeah, Drew, like I said, they, they they set up the IC belt and that they have a match, and whoever wins that is going to go against Gunther. Hopefully it's Sheamus. Um, uh, Gunther accused Adam Pierce after he made that decision of poor leadership, and then Adam Pierce said, thanks, buddy, and posted a picture of them from, like, back when he was the uh, champion and Gunther was the champion for uh, progress, uh, shaking hands in the back. So that was kind of funny if you go online. Bobby Lashley chokeslammed uh, Uncle Howdy, a.k.a. Bo Dallas. Um, trying to think. Is that, is that it, pretty holy much? Sh- holy shit, he chokeslammed him, too. <laughs> Bo went up way light. Bobby just, like, almost threw him through the entire fucking ring. Uh, no, we already talked about how much I hated that, but yeah, that was pretty much it, man. Um, we we talked solo. about the Sammy match, the Sammy solo yep. match. Well, that's that's it. Did anything cool happen on Rampage? Because I did not get to watch it. Outside right, of so like, Rampage. Um, so we had the Blackpool Combat Club going against Top Flight, Aussie Open, and Dark Order. And honestly, I'm trying to read real quick. I don't remember why they were doing this match. They just had like a four-way. Um, uh, maybe this had some type of number, number one contender style thing. Uh, but anyways, the Blackpool Combat Club won. Uh, and afterwards, they had a brawl with the, the Dark Order. It was fine. Rio and Emi Sakura, I think you would enjoy this match more than me. But it was still fun. Uh, Rio beat her former mentor. No, I wouldn't enjoy that. I mean, Sakura is a way better wrestler. Than Rio? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, she taught her, so if uh, if that's the case, then I don't know. I know. Jim, we, we saw Jimmy Hater versus uh, Emmy recently, so was it as good as that? I barely paid attention. I lost interest pretty closely. Okay. So it was it was not as good as Jamie Hader and Emmy just whip, whipping the shit out of each other. Okay, gotcha. All right. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and Serpentico. Hobbs won, and then he held his green, uh, or not green, golden um, pillow uh, that looks like a donut. 
yeah, go. they got they got to get something different for that. I get I get it's supposed to be video game related, like a, a Sonic coin or whatever, but come up with something better. That thing looks r- fucking ridiculous. But um, he did say that the next chapter, regardless if it's Samoa Joe or Wardlow, the next chapter in the Book of Hobbs is the TNT Championship. So, and maybe it could be. So the grabbing the brass ring, don't you get like an actual like heavyweight title shot though? This is the first time they're randomly doing the TNT, so I guess that's how they're doing it. I don't know. I thought it was like a you get to choose what, whatever. I mean, they already changed the rules on the casino battle royale this week, so not surprised. So Renee talked to uh, Takeshka. Um, and basically it just set up that Don Callis came out and gave him a business card and said that he'd like to help him out because Takeshko was thinking about going back to Japan. Um, so there's that concept. Um, and Mark Briscoe already talked about that. The Lucha Brothers said they had his back and they called him out and that became the first match for the pay-per-view. And that leads us to the main event. Chris, do you have anything to say about those last two things? Takeshka and uh, Don Callis is entertaining just because does that just equal a Kenny Omega Takeshka match at some point? But possibly that that would mean that Kenny needs to lose these belts if they're going to do something in the near future. Also, it's just weird because Don Callis and Kenny Omega and the Elite have not been together in any kind of form or format, and we're just supposed to forget about that WWE style. But like, I don't know. I don't know where we're going with that, but I like it. Don Callis is a, a good manager, but he's more of a heel manager. So I, I don't know. Tikeska is a, a great baby face. I don't know if you want to put those two together. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I feel like it's setting up something since Don Callis is kind of a heel. So we'll find out. Um, but hey, I like Tikeska a lot. The main event. I've liked it. I think the odd man out obviously was uh, was uh, Bardo. Uh, you know, he's just green. He's still it's big dude. And I gotta say that Keith Lee looks really weird. He wears like a cloak now, like he's Gandalf to the ring, and his hair is completely grayed out. So I'm assuming that's what it naturally looks like. But that's and his outfit's now gray. So I don't know. If he's like Gandalf or something, but he, he was in the Royal Rumble with Brock Lesnar going nose to nose a couple years back. And now he's with no offense to Parker Bardot fucking Kmart Brock in this match. <laughs> it's like just in a couple of years. Um, but you know, Shane, Shane Strickland was awesome in this match. Uh, had a cool spot where uh, Bardo was holding, like, um, basically Keith Lee was on the apron. Bardo was holding his arms um, behind him. And then uh, he did, like, a dive, like, his stomp into his chest and bounced off of him and fucking knocked into Dustin. Uh, Dustin was awesome in this match. It was a fun match. Um, and naturally, Limitless is what they're calling it. One. So there you go. Uh, Lee went one, I think, with a jackhammer. I think he used it, which is pretty cool if he does that. Yep. 
Yeah, it was a fun match. Lots of cool spots. I don't know what they're doing with any of these guys. No idea. Maybe they'll just be a tag team now. <laughs> swerving. <laughs> Not swerving. Pedro, but you're talking about uh, naturally limitless. Yeah. Why, why is Keith Lee in your tag division? That's a better question. No idea, man. But like, like I said, man, he went from fighting Brock at Rumble to fighting Kmart Brock at uh, Rampage. But. Yeah, Swerve would have been a great top hill for them. They fuck this. They they well they fuck kind of both of them up by putting them in the tag team. Not gonna lie. But hey, we got a good. I mean, they had good matches. They did. That's, they did. Um, I like, I like both it, those guys a lot, and I like Dustin a lot. And uh, it's too early to call, you know, call Swerve's partner if I like it or not, really, because I've only seen. Some of his matches in NXT, which I not I hated the way they treated his character. Um, but yeah, that's that's Dustin's. What's Dustin gonna be? Is he gonna be in this tag team the rest of the year? <laughs> I have no idea. Like I said, I kind of want Dustin to go down to Ring of Honor and do some fun shit there. I think he would be a draw for Ring of Honor personally, but who knows? They'll probably keep him with Keith Lee. And, uh, yeah. Keith Lee doesn't need a tag partner. <laughs> I know. I know. He came in as a natural huge baby face. Just push him as a natural huge baby face. This was also uh, week 604 uh, without Rusev, if anyone was counting. Um, I'm just kidding. It's probably I mean, more weeks than that. I, uh, I'm sure Rusev's not counting unless the paycheck stops coming in the mail. <laughs> That's him. a good point. He's a goddamn Lanny Poffo of AEW at this point. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not trying to be a di- I mean, they're paying this guy to do nothing. <laughs> like, you <clears throat> can't find anything for Rusev to do. <laughs> like, anything? <laughs> oh, God. All right, so... Last thing that happened, I talked about it. Jericho was just running his mouth about Ricky Starks. Didn't realize he was right behind him. And Ricky just beat the living shit out of him. Um, yeah, and the show went off air. So there you go. I guess he got the last laugh. That so was the, Rampage. So the big question is, did any of the shows make you more excited about the pay-per-view? I will say Dynamite made me more excited about the MJF-Brian Danielson match. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think that that... I'm more excited about some of them, but this is the least excited I've been for an AEW pay-per-view period. I think ever so far. Usually I'm much more hyped and I'm like, and I've, I've felt that way about dynamite too. I hate that, but I don't know. Well, hopefully we get something big, at least coming out of here. I, yeah. You know, we gave some good things you could do, I guess. We'll see if they follow through. But, yeah, this is, like, the least excited I've been about any AEW pay-per-view, honestly. Yeah. it's. I'm still <sighs> going to watch it. It still should be a pretty good show. There's a lot of good matches on the card. Or potential for good matches. They also have a lot of chance to fuck it up, really. It, um, but... We'll see. We will see. I know see. it's going to last like 7,000 hours on Sunday. 
Yeah, I'm trying to pull up one last thing for to talk about before we get out of here. Who's John Jones going against? This, oh, I mean, wow. whoever UFC decided to beat, <laughs> honestly. Cyril, I th- it's C-I-R-Y-L. I'm fucking that up. Cyril Gain, I believe is his name. 11 wins, one loss. Huh. I think I got John I don't know Jones on this. about the guy. He could have. Yeah, I got John Jones on this as well. From a wrestling fan standpoint, it's like you're gonna give him the. You know, the guy has 11 wins. Obviously, he's not a scrub, but you know, is this the fight you would pick for John Jones coming back as a return? But you know, I... how is John Jones in the heavyweight? Okay, maybe he is gonna. This is a heavyweight match. Maybe Brock and uh, John Jones. I'll be the next one, man. It's in the heavyweight. Are they both allowed to do as much HGH and roids as they want? <laughs> Headed into it? We need to get like... Um, in, in I'm trying to remember his real name. Everyone called him Uberim because of all the roids he did. Uberim. <laughs> um, um, fuck, I can't remember his first name. Doesn't matter. He looked like a monster. Just get John Jones trained by him. Or at least meet his nutritionist and fucking <laughs> supplement specialist, if you will. Well, uh, Jones, Jones outweighs this guy by, according to the official weight, uh, Jones is 190. This guy's 160 fighting for the UFC heavyweight championship is according to CBS Sports. <laughs> so who? I didn't even realize John Jones was in the heavyweight weight class. What? It, what is... Uh, I, I get so confused by their weight classes, but 190. That's, no, he's a uh, he's at 248. He brought it up to 248, I think, for this fight. That's what it says right here. Oh, these are odds. That's what it is. Okay, I was like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> like that's like, Jesus. I can't see. He would look sickly as hell if he was 190. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, those are betting odds. 248 at Friday's weigh in. He's a little yeah. bit. He yeah. weighs a little bit less than I do. Yeah, I was I'm confused. Six, I was like, no. how the hell is he at 190 in the heavyweight? And who is he wrestling at 160? Okay, it makes more, more sense now. Hey, I'm just saying, man, after Mania, all I'm saying, the heavyweight division is a heavyweight division. They don't have a super heavyweight. Brock wants to come back. They got Brock against John Jones. People are going to pay to see that. I'm, I'm, I, I, and how the fuck does John beat Brock? Or how the fuck does Brock beat John? You know, that's always a fun thing. So the guy he's fighting lost to. I'm trying to remember if this is. Is this a guy that drinks out of his shoe? <laughs> like, I'm so out of the loop on UFC. Former rugby player, Taya. So he rebounded from that loss with third round knockout of Taya this past September. He fought for the undisputed title. So he's. he He's. Okay, so he's fighting. I don't know. They're giving they're giving Jones a warm up fight basically, but he'll get suspended like two months from now anyways, and then talk about how he's still undefeated. So, <laughs> it won't, it won't so really I'm really excited to watch this tomorrow morning when I wake up and watch it off a website, and hopefully don't have it ruined before uh, I get to watch it because I can't stay up that late anymore, man. I think I almost passed out, and that was fucking years ago when I watched the. Uh, the fucking fight with you. And I used to go to bars and watch the whole entire fight. Was that Fury like, and um, Wilder? No, 
No, no it was Mc, uh, McGregor and, and Floyd. Uh, yeah. Can't that was a though. fun fight. That was a fun um, fight. There, there are. Um, there's some there there's some chance from good fights on here actually on this card. I don't know that I want to pay like almost a hundred dollars for it. That's the uh, the caveat here. I know I'm not going to, but yeah. Anyways, that's the show. We did it. We did it. Pat ourselves on the back. There you go. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. We had a you know a wonderful time doing it for you. Um, can't wait for the AEW. This sounds so un, un, uh, enthusiastic. Can't wait for the AEW pay-per-view tomorrow night and to find out also, obviously, who wins with what basically when John Jones wins tomorrow. And I find out real quick on Facebook or something. But anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed listening. Like I said, Chris, say goodbye to all the lovely people so I can shut up for a second. <laughs> goodbye to all the lovely people out there if you want to talk to me on twitter it's at chris r Patton, facebook and instagram christopher.r.patton this is recently on an episode of tom clark's main event his 300th episode if you like wrestling check that out if you like hockey check out skates to throats and uh yeah like revolution should be exciting um hope sting drops down from the rafters and hits everybody with a bat there you go that would be kind of interesting and a little bit uh, akin to stuff we used to to watch, Chris, back in the day, you know? <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. You can find us, by the way, on any downloadable platform. doesn't matter if it's Spotify, YouTube Music, iTunes, whatever. Just search on Google or at any of those platforms, Wrestling Geeks Alliance. You can find me at DaneAlves42 on Twitter or DaneAlves on Instagram and also Facebook. So, you know. Let's chat. We'll have a conversation about wrestling. I would love that. That would be a lot of fun. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week. Have a wonderful day or evening, wherever you are. Hope you didn't hear my cat meow in the background. Anyways, but let the Wrestling Geeks Alive be with you. And as always, peace the fuck out. Peace out. Get out of here. Oh, yeah. Get the fuck out. What? <laughs>